Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, the Monty Show is presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, and I tell you every day how great the people at The Advocates are, how much they care about the community, and that is why they are trying to help homeless kids have a sense of normalcy on Halloween. You know, we told you about their drive to bring, uh, you know, kids to school that are homeless kids to school with the equipment and the basics that they need. Well, now they're taking it a step further and trying to give homeless kids uh, a normal Halloween, which I think is just so important to help our kids be innocent as long as they can be. And that's why the advocates are again partnered with The Road Home uh, to provide Halloween costumes for homeless kids. There you see on the screen the advocates Venmo, a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars, whatever you happen to have available, please consider donating to the advocates today at Advocates Donations on Venmo, where you can hit them in their chat at theadvocates.com. And please consider giving a donation. And if you're really, really feeling frisky today, what you could do in the uh, Venmo box where it says describe, because you have to put a description in there, the Monty Show Halloween costume. Send off your $5, your million dollars. Do what you can do. Think about how you would have felt if all your friends had Halloween costumes and you had none. It is a big deal. And I know as adults, we take it for granted. But if you can give, please consider giving to the advocates at theadvocates.com. Hello and happy Tuesday. A lot to get to on the show today. Wait until you hear Jerry Jones talking about the San Francisco 49ers. We will have that for you today. The Dallas Cowboys owner really upset Jake. And I don't know why Jake is so upset about it. You see, you're kind of in a red ass mood today, anyway. Yeah, it's Jerry Jones. He's easy. He's easy. He says dumb things regularly. Okay. Okay. Uh, like circumcising skeeters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up in 50 minutes. We'll have all the biggest stories uh, in football on Football at 50, uh, presented by Prize Picks. We have got the Major League Baseball playoffs going on today. Uh, thankfully, Jake uh, was trying to punch me in the face repeatedly this morning to take Tyler Glass now in prize picks today. And I told him, look, you little twerp, we're not doing that. Glass now getting shelled 4 nothing. <coughs> Rangers, bottom of the seven, twins up 2 nothing on the Blue Jays, top of the first. Baseball playoffs are here. But of course, what would the good old Monty program be without a, a, a drama-filled Pac-12 update for you? And I think when you look at this story, it's something we've talked about Um, for going on two months now with the college football playoff in this situation with the Pac-12, sources telling us today that the college football playoff committee is very strongly leaning towards a 5-7 model, uh, which, of course, on the screen you see there would remove the Pac-2 from the college football playoff in 2024. Going forward, we were talking to sources today who told us that the sentiment was very strongly against keeping the Pac-2 in the college football playoff. Now, of course, you understand that if the the Pac-12 at that point with two members, Oregon State and Washington State, were able to keep its its status as an automatic qualifier, if you will, which would be a six and six model, six highest ranked 
conference champions and six at-large bids. That would absolutely give the Pac-12 an unfair advantage, as I am told by sources close to the committee that they are unwilling to do that at this point. I was also told that's why the College Football Playoff Committee has not taken any action. They have had multiple meetings where they had the opportunity to talk about this. They had the opportunity to make a decision, and they chose to do nothing because there's nothing that is forcing the College Football Playoff Committee to act And I am told today that they do not wish to keep the Pac-12 with just two members in the college football playoff. And Jake, I know how passionate you are about this. Do you agree or disagree with this move? No, I mean, I agree with it completely. How can we have a a conference with two teams and continue to have the AQ, the automatic qualifier, into the college football playoff, right? Like, how can we just, you know, if you set the whole Pac-12 situation aside, just generally speaking, if I said to you, hey, a conference melted down, they've got two teams left that are trying to determine what their future is going to look like, um, do you think we should still give them the automatic qualifier? Even though with only two th- two teams, that essentially guarantees, you know, if they just win some games, they'll get in, right? Because there's not much competition left in their conference, number one, right? Even though with that advantage, we haven't even gotten to the monetary advantage. So, like, there's all these unfair advantages that giving them the automatic qualifier uh, uh, presents. And so then the next the next question every Pac-12 defender or or apologist wants to say or even even in, in on my Twitter today uh, uh all the Oregon State fans were like well dude hey like w- w- cut us cut us a break like give us a chance and it's like hey I, I wish that that's what this conversation was about I wish we were having a conversation about what you what you you know like a break that we could cut you or maybe some slack that we could give you but the reality of the situation is is you're on the outside looking in and you have been for a decade and that's the reality of the situation so the next step in the process is well what happens if we merge with the mountain west wouldn't that give us the aq right wouldn't that allow us to keep our our automatic qualifier into the college football playoff and my opinion on that is no because right now We're sitting here having a conversation about rewarding two schools that were on the short end of the stick in realignment and expansion of other conferences. We're talking about rewarding them. So let me get this right. We're not going to reward them, but if they merge with another conference at the G5 level, we're going to reward all those schools and them. No, that doesn't work. And so for me, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense really in any scenario to give these these two schools or those two schools and the Mountain West under the Pac-12 umbrella currently the automatic qualifier. That just, that just should not happen, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a tough road to climb because our sources also told us that the uh, general sentiment is to a 5-7 model, which means the five highest-ranked conference champions. Now, you know that you have nine at that point. If you remove the Pac-12, you would be down to nine Uh, conferences, the five highest ranked of those nine conferences uh, will get a bid to the college football playoff, and then you would have seven at-large bids. That 5-7 model, as we talked about last week, because there was all this ruckus, uh, which is completely untrue and completely unfounded, uh, about the Big 12 moving to add um, you know, the Oklahoma or, excuse me, Oregon State and Washington State. And as we told you last week on the show, Um, our sources at the Big 12, and it was multiple sources and sources in television now as well, have told us that it was never 
a consideration to add Oregon State and Washington State um, to the Big 12. And we're told that in that situation, sure, that absolutely puts those two schools in position. But if they remain just those two in in the Pac-12, we are told that they have absolutely no path uh, to the college football playoff um, and that they would have no chance of being recognized by the college football playoff committee. And I, I, I tend to be with you. At that point, you're giving the Pac-12 with two teams an absolutely unfair advantage. Now, having said that, our sources close to the college football playoff committee this afternoon tell us that if the Pac-2 and the Mountain West were to merge, that it is very likely that that conference would be able to make a strong enough case to remain a Power 5 conference, to remain in a situation where the college football playoff committee would have to strongly consider staying at a 6-6 six and six model. Now, this is going to be hotly debated. I am told that without question, there will be a line right down the middle um, of the subcommittees in the college football playoff committee about the status of a conference with two Pac-12 teams in Oregon State and Washington State and the balance of the Mountain West. Because just like Jake, there is a lot of varying opinions about the veracity of that conference as a P5. Sure, it would have a P5 brand in the Pac-12, but just because you're wearing somebody's shirt doesn't mean you're dressing like them, as the old saying goes. And what I would tell you is, I think that that conference would not be recognized as a P5, but certainly you would stay at a 6-6 and model, and you would take the 6 highest ranked conference champions, and that would include whoever would be the champion of the Pac-12, they would get an automatic spot in the college football playoff. And Jake, I know that you are adamantly opposed to that. Yeah, and and the other problem with this is all of this is solved by winning, right? Hey, if you're so good, win on the football field, Washington State and Oregon State. If you want to put all this nonsense aside, auto qualifiers and you know merging with the Mountain West and all that good stuff, you want to put all that aside, win football games. Go out and prove that you should be in the top 25 week in and week out the entire season. Go out and prove that you can crawl into that 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 12 team college football playoff cuz that's what it's going to take. That's how you put all this to bed. That's how you say, "Hey, it doesn't matter if my conference has has a, a, a an automatic qualifier or, you know, for a P5 or it doesn't matter. All that matters is we're we're inside that top 12 and we secured our spot. And yes, yeah. that gets a lot easier if you know, you you stay P5 and, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to worry about winning your conference at that point. You can get an at-large bid. But my point just simply is, why are we handing out free passes to people who don't deserve them, right? Because, again, we shouldn't be handing out a free pass to a conference that only has two teams. Okay, well, if we're going to use that logic, what do you say about the Big Ten? What do you say about the SEC that's largely a two-team league? In some years, it's three or four. What do you say about the ACC? Well, what I say about that is those conferences didn't melt down. Those conferences have been alive for however long now. And have long-standing reputations. And yeah. I, I think one of the other things that's so interesting here is you, you have to understand this is not for this coming playoff. It is for a year and a half from now. The, the, the situation this year is unchanged. We are talking about the 2024-2025 season. 
that is when all of this happens. And one of the other things that I thought was so interesting is one of our sources, they went out of their way to say, when you talk about this today, please drive home the point that the college football playoff committee and the subcommittees related to the college football playoff are separate and unrelated to the NCAA. Mm -hmm. That the two bodies function completely separately and one really has no influence over the other. I think that is a tremendous point. And again, Jake, it's one that you've made several times on this show. Yeah. And I think it's really important. This isn't a this isn't a bylaws with the NCAA argument with so many have tried to make. It's not, hey, you know, like uh, on on Twitter over the last couple of weeks, everybody has been pushing how well Washington State has played and how well Oregon State has played. And I don't even disagree with you. But that's for this season. And this season, in the grand scheme of things moving forward for the Pac-12, is is almost meaningless for the future of the league because you're having 10 members exit the league. Yes. So what happens this year, as well as Washington State has performed, as well as Oregon State has performed, and that includes beating Utah, the back-to-back Pac-12 champions this past weekend, it doesn't matter going forward by a year. Because you're going to be reduced. And again, I think the college football playoff should be the last of the concerns for these two remaining members of the Pac-12 because you got to find a schedule to play for all of your sports. And football is probably one of the easier sports to schedule, but your basketball, your softball, your gymnastics, your golf, your that's where this becomes more complicated. And I think we're all wrapped up in, hey, are they going to get an automatic spot? Do they qualify for an automatic spot as a top six? Are, that's all well and good, and we should consider that. But I think the bigger question is, when are they going to have a settlement with the, the 10 exiting members in the, in the two remaining? What's going to happen with the Mountain West and the Pac-2? And again, I will also say my sources continue to indicate to me that the Pac-2 and the Mountain West pretty much have chiseled out a framework for a merger, but nothing can happen until the PAC-2 clearly defines their ownership and control of the the liquidity and the assets of the PAC-12 conference. Mm -hmm. And once that situation is settled, they have a November 14th trial date, but I am told that they are not going to get there, that the overwhelming likelihood is that there will be a settlement because everything on paper is very heavily in favor of Oregon State and Washington State. So going to court if you're the 10 remaining members seems like, you know, a death march, if you will. I think it's very likely that there is a settlement because the the elephant in the room is if you're the Pac-2, you can't wait until November, December, January through trial delays and holiday delays and discovery. You can't wait for that process to play out. It's going to cost you financially, but you're willing to or you should be And nobody said Kirk Schultz is good at (laughs) athletics, but he's a wonderful businessman when it comes to academics. You should be willing to to give up some of your money for future earnings and a merger with the Mountain West because that's your ticket to the college football playoff. And you continue to hear Oregon State and Washington State talk about the fact that they want to play competition at the highest level. Well, how do you do that? How, how do you do that? And you look at this presentation that President Murthy and uh, Athletic Director Barnes gave. This is not your way when you have a $42 million shortfall at Oregon State. This is You don't fix this by going to court and being delayed months and months and months and months. 
That's not how you fix a shortfall like that. You fix a shortfall by being practical and taking short-term loss for long-term gain, in my opinion. And I, I think the only other piece of news on this that I think is, is really significant is this conversation about a 5-7 model versus a 6-6 six and six model because it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And the idea that the Pac-2 could be recognized by the college football playoff committee, I, I'm told today that there is just no way that that happens. Yeah, and, and I just think the the college football playoff committee, you know, has a responsibility on so many levels. I mean, a lot of people just want to say, well, the committee's got a, a responsibility to make sure that everyone has access. Well, yeah, sure, I guess in premise, but the, the, the committee's actual responsibility is to make sure that they create the best system possible to to allow the money to flow through the sport that's my opinion right as a college football playoff committee yeah uh, are, are are you deciding you know who's ranked where and how like how you know how you want right. to match make absolutely but but really what you're doing really what you're doing is you're saying okay how do we create the best matchups possible within a logical thought process of where teams should be ranked what kind of story can we tell who can we push up a little further? Who can we bring down? Like, what levers can we pull to make sure that we draw the biggest audience possible to appease ESPN and our television partners? That's their job. So if that's your job, why why would you go out of your way? Why would you inconvenience or do something you don't need to do to bring in two schools that don't do anything in football? Yeah. These, and like and, they just don't. But again, but again, this is the this is the hard part about the conversation about the Big Twelve supposedly wanting to wanting to take on Oregon State and Washington State. There's not a lot of value for the Big Twelve there. Like you look at this Colorado TV number. I mean, I, I don't know how they continue to do it. I, I I have no idea how Colorado continues to dominate television ratings. That they at 9 a.m. Pacific time in Los Angeles, and this is important because who did they play in Boulder, Colorado? They played USC mm-hmm. from Los Angeles. At 9 a.m. with a kickoff, they averaged they averaged 7.2 million viewers and peaked at 10.3. I'm for real. Like that's wild to me that they peaked at 10.3. Can you imagine? And I, I, I know everybody says that I pick on Washington State and that I love Oregon State too much. Can you imagine Oregon State or Washington State pulling a number at 9 a.m. in the morning where they average 7.2 million viewers? No. I have a hard time believing that. Not as the status quo. I think that is a, an awfully tall hill to climb. And when we talk about whether or not you know, Oregon State and Washington State have value. Sure, they do. Are they winning on the field this year? They are. But is that the norm at Washington State? Has that been the regular at Washington State? It is not. And you are so dysfunctional as a management team at, at Washington State that Kirk Schultz, we have been told repeatedly, is not somebody that a lot of, of power brokers in college sports want to do business with. And I understand that. He has had problematic situations everywhere he's been. And you look at this situation with his staff and his faculty being unhappy with the the athletic budget and 
by some accounts, you know, you, they, they were going to do a sit-in, which they forced him into releasing a statement. We broke the news on the show that, hey, he, he is going to, you know, like do a hiring freeze. And Kirk Schultz is not a well-respected guy. And the real tragedy here is not Washington State. It's Oregon State where you have a very dynamic athletic program that across the board has been successful. You have one of the best athletic directors in in the Mountain West, west of the Rockies, really, and Scott Barnes. And you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you happen to hitch your wagon to the wrong horse, man. Like that, that's truly the tragedy of, of Oregon State. It's not that Oregon State's not well-respected. They are tremendously respected. They, you look at the, the renovation at Research Stadium. You look at the football program. You look at what they've accomplished in baseball and basketball. Like You don't have to go far to ask anybody in college athletics if Oregon State is a well-respected brand, and the overwhelming answer is yes. But that does not mean that the Big 12 sees value in Corvallis. And we've talked about this as well. I talked to a TV source today who said, Corvallis is not Portland. Eugene, Oregon, and the Oregon Ducks deliver you Portland. And part of of Washington as well. And if, if if you want Seattle... Now let's make an argument for Washington State because Washington State does well on television and they do get good penetration into Seattle. But the issue is perception's reality. Kirk Schultz is a pain in the ass. And if you want Seattle in the Pacific Northwest, you're going to Washington and Oregon. You're not going to Washington State and Oregon State. That is the painful reality of it. I just, I, I, this whole story about, hey, the Pac-2 and... I don't know how much more legwork you need to do to recognize this situation is not sustainable as a two-university conference. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And the answer isn't a free pass out of the college football playoff committee. No, it's not. That's not the answer. The no, answer is The answer is take your medicine, settle the lawsuit, merge with the Mountain West, and let's see how it shakes out. That's the answer. And I get it. That's not a great answer. That's not a sexy answer for Washington State or Oregon State. And more to the point, because Oregon State will be fine in the Mountain West. Oregon they will be State fine. will be fine. They'll dominate that conference. They'll get they'll get opportunities. I firmly believe that. Washington State's the different story because they have debt load in their athletic department. And they're not going to make... And dysfunction. Yeah, and dysfunction. They're not going to make the kind of money they need to make to dig out of that debt load uh, in athletics. And I, and I think that is the hard part. So... When everyone this past week has been talking about, you know, these two schools going to the Big 12, that's a bunch of crap. If we're going to sit here and talk about the future of these two schools, it's very straightforward. You're going to the Mountain West. And, and the funny part about all of this is we do a lot of outreach on this show. We talk to a lot of different people. Very rarely do you get somebody that's adamant. And it's not one person that's adamant. It's multiple people who are adamant. Like talking to people in the involved in the Pac-12, and there's they know that they cannot sustain two universities. Yet there's all of this noise out here. All the Pac-2 is staying together for what? And they know that. They understand that, right? Like you you talk to people in TV, and they're like, "This isn't even a possibility." Like I had somebody in television say to me, we've got to stop doing this in the media. 
It's never been a possibility. So get your facts Talking to people at the Big 12, adamant, adamant. And and usually I don't don't fill in conversations with color commentary about things that were like, we had somebody tell us this was stupid. What a stupid question. (laughs) That, like people are, people in the Big 12, want nothing to do with Oregon State and Washington State. They are solely focused on what's going on in the ACC. Stupid-ass question. Solely focused on three to five years down the road, building their, and, and I think the quote was, we, we, are, we are solely focused on the business of building our business. Yeah. Because they know that they have to add money that they have to add revenue sources because when all of this, and most people think in the next three to five years, realignment will have been completely, it will have completely refaced the college football. You've got to have resources and you have to have agility, the ability to move. If you go to 20 right now with where the big 12 is at or the big 10 is at even, like you just, you're done. Like you are weighted down. You are adding weight to a sinking ship and you can't do it and they won't do it. And they don't want to go to, to nobody wants to be at 20 right now. Yeah. Now, if the ACC melts down, not you could be talking about conferences going to 20. That's what I'm saying. All the answers lie in the behavior of the conferences, right? Yes. So the conferences are telling us what we need to know without telling us anything, which is, Hey, Nobody wants to go to 20 because they know the ticking time bomb out east. They understand the situation. And so that's why I say every school in the ACC should learn the Washington State, Oregon State lesson. If you're not marketing and you're not winning on the field, you will get left behind and nobody cares about you. It's the reality of the business. And I think we haven't seen much of this up until this point because we haven't seen a a realignment and expansion on this level in college football, the volatility in the market, as they say, right there, there's so it's such a fine line. You either are, or you are not. There's no little Cinderella story in the middle. I want to go back to this thing about winning on the field and the importance of it. I look at Stanford and Cal and SMU. SMU might be the best example in this pack two situation. There's zero value. And, and people in the Big 12, people in television, uh, we reported this all summer long. People repeatedly told us there's one value at SMU. They will, they will take zero money from you. And they will bring money and they will pay you money to join your conference. The Pac-12, I think, probably would have added SMU had they stayed together. The Big 12 wanted nothing to do with SMU. And the ACC only added three teams that don't win games. <coughs> Cal, Stanford, and SMU. That don't win games. On the football field and the basketball court, I'd mind you. Because it gave most of the members, excluding Florida State and Clemson, it gave them a voting advantage, number one. And number two, SMU made everybody a bunch of money. Now, if you guys want to talk about, hey, why did they add Calford over... Oregon State and Washington State. That has got life to it. I, I think that's easy. That's a serious conversation. Uh, it, it, like to me, I, I I think that you chose Calford over Oregon and Washington State simply because nobody wants to do business with Kirk Schultz, and everyone damn well knows that Washington State and Oregon State, given the situation, were a package deal. And 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 Stanford and Cal 
make you money outside of athletics. They raise your your IQ factor with with advertisers because they're fantastic educational institutions. So you're going to make brand money. You're going to make academic money. You're going to make research money. Uh, and it delivers you the San Francisco Bay, Northern California market, which currently only one conference really has. And that is now the ACC. So there's lots of value in that. The problem for Oregon State and Washington State, when you compare it to Stanford and Cal, is they're not great academically compared to Stanford and Cal because who is, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're not going to make it. It's not the automatic like rubber stamp, yes, we want Stanford and Cal. Pretty much, I, I mean, outside of the Big Ten, who, much like the Big 12, didn't want to add six Pac-12 teams. That was something that everybody else seems to think, you know, was never talked about. And I'm the, I, I, I was the first one to tell you, and I don't mind saying that, the Big 12 doesn't want six Pac-12 teams. It, it wants The Big 12, I am told, wants nothing to do with that. And again, I'll tell you the same thing I said last week. We were told directly, the headache is leaving the conference in Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, We're not bringing a headache in with six brothers and sisters hanging out together. Nope. And I think that is absolutely the right way to go. And I think in the Big Ten, it was twofold. They didn't want to go to 20, and they didn't want to add six Big 12 teams. Or, no. excuse me, Pac-12 teams. So... There's all these there's all these reasons. Are any of them good? If you're a fan of Oregon State or Washington State, are any of them good? Probably not. Are they good enough? Probably not. Are they reality? Hell yeah, they are. And there's nothing you're going to do about it. Yeah. That's just the reality of the situation. <coughs> because if you're a behemoth and it's Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a pain in the ass. And I'm a Notre Dame fan. Right? Notre Dame is a pain in Notre the Notre Dame our mother. No Notre Dame walks around with a massive jackhammer in their over their shoulder. And they're like, they get what they want. They were a problem in the ACC, right? Hey, yeah, we'll join, but we're not going to give you the thing that you really want, which is football. And we're going to be a gigantic pain in the ass too. When it comes to like voting on stuff and giving our opinion. Yeah, we're going to be a gigantic pain in the ass. But why did you do that? Because Notre Dame makes you money. Yep. Notre Dame puts people on their TV sets. Notre Dame sells tickets. Notre Dame sells merchandise with that little ACC logo on it. Like, Notre Dame helps you make money. Does Oregon State do that? No. They don't. Does Washington State Washington State and money making do not go hand in hand? No. Ever on any level? No. Now, do they bring people to the TV? Washington State does. Do they win football games? Sometimes. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It's not unequivocal. It's not a slam dunk. But it is what it is. Whew. How are we all doing? We're good. <laughs> All right, less of us, more of you, only after we hit our daily buckshot right here on the Monty Show. And I got to tell you, you guys, we are rocketing um, towards a, a, a goal that we have worked really hard to reach with Bucked Up. We are trying to move 300 uh, sample packs of Bucked Up's uh, buckshot. Um, it's free. In the description below, you guys can get six free buckshots. No strings attached. If you just go to the link, click the link, that's exactly what you're going to see on your screen right there. Claim your six free buck shots, fill out your information, and send them right to your front door. Uh, and I tell you, every single day, it's clean, clean long-lasting energy that gets you through your day. Like I, My wife today had a huge presentation. She's like kind of a big deal. She works at a major corporation. She did a global presentation today. 
And what did she do about 30 minutes before that? She had a buckshot. I'm for real. Because it gives you mental clarity. It's 200 milligrams of natural sourced caffeine and a bunch of brain food. So it gives you energy and it gives you a mental lift. So there's no crash. There's no spike. It's just really high quality ingredients that make a really high quality product that does exactly what it says it's going to do. So we are 25% of the way to 100 six-packs giving away a buckshot. So everybody right now, if you could, A, hit the like button, and then B, there's 600 people watching the show. If you could go and get your sample of buckshot, your free six buckshots, hook it up. That would really help us. We appreciate that. We're trying to break a record at Bucked Up. For most buckshot samples in a month, let's make October special. Bucked up, buckedup.com, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Oh, by the way, should you need more supplements, do not hesitate to use the promo code Monty20 to get 20% off at checkout at buckedup.com. All right, let's get your comments in here. Thank you very much for being here every day. We could not do what we do without you guys. You are amazing. Oh, man, always a good way to start the show. A brand new member, Kyle A. Welcome back to the membership. Let's go, baby. Good start to the day here. Let's go, Kyle A. Appreciate you. Big blue horses for $5. So the college football playoff gives the Big uh, Ten three spots. The SEC three spots. Notre Dame a spot. ACC one spot. Big 12 one spot. And three at large for everybody else. The CFP is the big in the SEC centered anyways. The way this would work. And see, I don't even think you're wrong. Like, you're going to have, by default almost, you're going to have the SEC get two lost teams into the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. When it's a 12-team playoff, it's going to piss people off that, no, oh, UTSA didn't get in, but Alabama, let's say, or Auburn or Florida, but they're going to lose like six games until they fire their coach, with all due respect. Um, because it's garbage. You're going to have... Two loss, maybe a three loss SEC team get in. Now in the Big Ten, you're going you're gonna to have, routinely, you're going to have Ohio State and Michigan losing multiple games every single year. And they're still going to get into the college football playoff. Is Fresno State, a one-loss team, going to get passed over for a two-loss Ohio State? You got damn right they will. Yes, yes, yes. And you better get used to it. You don't have to like it, but you better learn to love it. Yeah. Because it is what it is. And that's, that's big-time college football. And the one thing I would caution you, and again, I'm not trying to be a red-ass and I'm not trying to stir the pot, but I'm just telling you now, just because there's an expanded college football playoff does not mean the table has been, like, you know, leveled or... Oh, the little guy has more opportunity. The no, biggest no, crock of no, crap no, I've heard no, in a long time. No, they don't. And they're not going to. And they're not going to. Uh, it, it, I mean, it just, it just is what it is as much as you hate that. And I understand why you hate that. I do, you know, uh, Kyle Wilson, Monty and Jake just want Oregon state and Washington state. So it's us. We're the right. ones like we have any decision on this. Any, what are you talking about? Want Oregon state and Washington state to become permanently irrelevant. Winning the mountain West will always mean absolutely nothing. Bringing zero money. Okay. So tell us you don't understand the college football playoff without telling us you don't understand the college football playoff. Uh, First of all, if you win the Mountain West, 
my guess is you'll be one of the six highest ranked conference champions. That's just strictly a guess based on the fact that, yeah, the ACC, uh, the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, yeah, they're, they're getting in, right? So, and then you're going to have one more for your 5-7, right? So the, the five, let's say, high, let's say it's 5-7, the five highest rated conference. You don't think winning a new Pac-12 Mountain West merger conference gets you into the college football playoff. That's what that's because that's what you're saying here, because, you know, I want Oregon State and Washington State to be irrelevant. Why would I want Oregon State? Dude, it's not what we want. It's what it is that like that's that's what I'm saying. Going to the Mountain West provides Oregon State opportunities because I believe Oregon State beats Washington State most matchups, especially at Reeser. So if you're if we're projecting forward Oregon State will have plenty of opportunity. The only question is going to be if you're going to be in a in a uh, basically uh, a 4A caliber Mountain West conference. What's the recruiting look like? What's the impact and talent that you're going to take? Like, how does that affect your football program? Because that's the conversation. But there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to win that conference and book yourself a spot. There's no reason. I. I it, it is it is beyond me that and it's particularly Oregon State fan. How you're such a red ass, I have no idea. But can you not like put your put your guns down for five minutes, lower your hands for five minutes, and try to understand why so your idea then that a merger with the Mountain West is bad. Ask yourself what the pack two is. Because if a Mountain West merger is bad, what is a Pac-2 alone? Tragic, terrible, awful, like a death note? I knew today would be shitty. Because you're not going to bowl games. You're not going to the college football playoff. You have no bowl tie-ins, zero. None. So where are you going to find? Because if you're if you're playing some kind of thrown-together schedule, like, do you think about this stuff before you just, like, rage on about how we want – what we what what does we want Oregon State and Washington State have to do with any we have zero power over anything like what I want I want Notre Dame to win the national championship every year how's that working out Notre Dame our mother like, I, I you can't win the national championship with 10 guys on the field I just want you to know that okay thank you I'm just I just a piece of advice since since if since you, you could have do, all the power if you now. could send like a text message to Marcus Freeman and tell him that that'd be great well you have his number right I mean because you know all these people oh, well, yeah and, according you know. to Kyle Wilson I have all the power and I just yeah want or like what are you <laughs> talking about guy what are you like what are you talking about uh conference commissioner Gumby Notre Dame is a Latin term I Look, man, it, it's, okay. Latin, it's Latin for 10 men on the field. Apparently. It's ridiculous. Christopher Shannon. Now here comes all the Notre Dame hate, I'm sure. Notre Dame is a brand, and that's it. They are holding on to oldness. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're relevant, dude. They are one of the – and if they're holding on to oldness, apparently oldness makes you money. Because the biggest problem at Notre Dame, they don't have to go out and earn it on the field anymore. They don't because they're they get huge TV money. They're looking at. Do you guys understand that they're looking at a seventy five million dollar a year deal with NBC? 
They can afford to have 10 guys on the field on the goal line, bud. Because you're making money hand over fist, and it's all yours. You don't have to split it. None of that. Their football, football only, is $75 million a year. Which pays for everything else, and then you're going to profit. So what are we talking about? Notre Dame, the biggest problem with Notre Dame is they don't have to earn anything. Yeah. And when everything's given to you, you get complacent. And I think hiring Marcus Freeman is absolutely complacent. I think it is a huge mistake to have hired. I I I hate it. Don't 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 please don't get me started. You know. Um, let's see, Connor Johnson. I just want to know how the college football playoff is going to change their model with Schultz having a vote on the board. God. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so. I don't know, I, and I've explained this a thousand times. How much influence do you think Kurt Schultz has? So you're in a room with a bunch of other people. Hey guys. And you're the only dissenting voice at the table. Do you really think he's gonna hold out? Um. Or, and I know I could be crazy, maybe they tell him, hmm. We'll give you a six and six, or we're open to a six and six. Now that you've merged with the Mountain West, because do you really think Kirk Schultz is walking into a college football playoff committee meeting and saying, "Nope, I'm standing on my own. <laughs> we are, we are the Pac-2, and UMFers are going to give us three hundred and twenty million dollars." Washington State, our mother. <laughs> I, I and I've I've asked this question directly to people, and people laugh at me every time I ask it. Like, I, I talked to a source last week, and I was like, how much sway does Kurt Schultz have? And the answer started with, oh, man. That's what the answer started. He, do you really think Kurt <sighs> Schultz is – do you think he's the Don sitting at the head of the table, and he's like, all right, yeah, go drop a dime on who, you know, whatever G5 team so we can get in. Do you really, like, do you really think he has any sway at all? He no. has no sway whatsoever because – when you stand in front of a freight train, and that's what the college football playoff is. Imagine Kurt Schultz standing on the track in front of a bullet train. Who wins? Ain't ducking, no smoke. Because I'm telling you, the bullet train's undefeated. <laughs> Kirk Schultz doesn't have the sway, the influence, and you know what else he doesn't have? The relationships. I've said it a thousand times over the last three to six months. Kirk Schultz has zero sphere he has zero influence he doesn't have a lot of friends he's not jack swarbrick at notre dame who knows everybody and their mother he's he's not that guy pal he's not yeah so you can talk about how he's on the the subcommittees and hey this guy's on the subcommittee when it ultimately comes down to one dude standing in the way who do you think's gonna win you're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. And here's the here's here's the other thing. And again, I know I'm just little old Monty over here. Well, you know, just trying to do whatever I can do to screw Oregon State and Washington State. We really did. So why hasn't he stood in the way already? They've had meetings for the last ten days. They had what did they have? Five straight days of meetings the other week. Did he stand in the way? No. You know why? Because they wouldn't even give him the chance to stand in the way, dude. They wouldn't even give him the chance. Yeah. They wouldn't even talk about his conference. They wouldn't even talk about 5-7-6-6. Six, six. 
Because you know when these decisions are made? Do you really think they make these decisions? And I'm not trying to be an asshole about this. I'm truly not. But do you really think they make these decisions when they walk in the room like, all right, everybody, come on in. Let's, uh... So what do you guys think about this 5-7 nonsense? It's probably different than what you're thinking, though. Why don't we just take a quick vote and see where we're at? Do you really think that's how this <laughs> game is played, friends? These are all millionaires. These are all highfalutin people. And I know, let's get crazy, they all have phones. Oh, my God. Dude, chill. They all have telephones, and they... I know, Risa. They talk when they're not meeting. Oh. Like, you guys, think about this. Before you say stuff like, I just want to know how the college football playoff committee is going to change their model with Schultz having a vote on the board. You really think he has the power to stand in the way? And even if he had the power, do you think he would stand in the way? How much damage would he do to the Pac-2? Because that would be the only way he would stand in the way. If, which, again, I know I'm just guy over here trying to screw over Washington State and Oregon State. Right. But the only reason Kirk Schultz would stand in the way of 5-7 versus 6-6 is if he was trying to keep the Pac-2 together. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Where it's just the pack 2 and it's the two of us against all of you and screw the bullet train, I'm getting on the tracks. Kirk Schultz doesn't want to be the pack 2 He wants to merge with the Mountain West. He knows that's the path to athletic prosperity financially. But how does he do that? Oh, that's right. It has nothing to do with the college football playoff. He needs to settle the case so they can get on with getting on and building schedules and merging with the Mountain West. Stop. Then, stop it. You're hurting people's feelings. Dude, then he can roll in with his smug-ass face and glasses and try to take over the college football playoff with his one Man. board vote. I'm just trying, you guys. I am, I am just trying to get you to a place where... You think through this stuff before you say, like, again, let me find words. Let me get another. My bad. Beaver Shane. I love that Schultz is making this so difficult for the shitheads. He, he's not, though. He's not. <laughs> he's not. That's what I'm saying. So Oregon State fan right now, with all due respect, because I don't mean this personally, you, you're suffering little brother <laughs> syndrome right now. You're, oh you God. are quite literally in a place where you're like, oh, Kirk Schultz is getting in the way, and it's us against the world. And even though he's not but the president of our institution. But it's it's this comment, Michael Langford, who wants to run out head-to-head -head records. And what is that? What is, uh, let me, and Michael, you're smarter than me, very clearly. Very clearly, you're, you are way, I mean, your brain is. But I'm just asking, what does this have to do with any – how does this impact the college football playoff? How does this impact 5-7-6-6? How does this impact the court case of the Pac-2 versus the 10, the 10 exiting members? When's the last time I was talking about Oregon State and Washington State in December? I'm trying to help you guys. And you want to keep going back to, wow, Washington State's record. Nobody's doubting that Washington State has people that watch TV in Seattle. Nobody is doubting that. And if you're a Washington State fan, I'd love your rationale on how you think there is anything that is normal, the wheel is greased and quiet, and it just turns, and we make money and win games at Washington State. Because I can tell you I have talked to people in, in, in both Pullman. I have talk, talked to people in Spokane. Like, nobody thinks that. You don't have a faculty sit-in over the athletic budget 
because Washington State, what do you say here? Uh, Washington State, 57-47 the last 10 years over Oregon State. Well, fuck, let them spend as much money right. as they want then. Be- I mean, I'm just going to go back to the chemistry lab. They know what they're doing because they beat Oregon State every year. By the way, if you're going to come after what? me on that comment, my man, let's define winning. See, again, more man. more little brother syndrome here, right? You're, you're, you're making me, you're not breaking me, as Prime says. What did you do with this comment? You showed me that you're only thinking about what happens with Washington State and Oregon State. This conversation isn't about the head-to-head, man. This conversation's about what happens in December. Yes. This conversation's about what happens with ESPN. You know that little four-star network that puts on the college football playoff every year? You've not been in it. You haven't even been a factor in it. So that's what I'm talking about. Yes, people watch your football games. No, not enough people watch your football games to affect the college football playoff. No, you don't win enough to be relevant in December. In your conference, I'll say this, in your conference, Oregon State and Washington State have wrecked many USC seasons. There's no question about that. I just don't. I. I it's not difficult. I don't understand why, Oregon State fan, why are you so mad? Why, like, I don't know that I could say anything, any more nice niceties than I have ever said about, I've never said a cross word about Oregon State. By the way, we've only been sitting here for the last month talking about how Oregon State and Washington State should go to the Mountain West because okay. that's essentially a yellow brick road to the okay, college football this is, playoff. This is, this is the last Oregon State comment I'm going to read the entire day until tomorrow. I can't do it anymore. Kyle, I want to help you, but dude... You just keep digging another foot down into your grave. What is Colorado one? What is ASU one? Okay, well, here, let me spell it out for you. <laughs> Man, wow. I, and my, I think you might be trolling at this point. I, I can't believe this is truly what you believe as a comment. I, I can't believe it. Dude, I just, you know what Colorado won? You know, they, they won uh, the Coach Prime Derby who put 7.2 million people on their TVs at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's what they won. You know what else they won? They sold out their stadium for the entire year. You know what else they won? Everybody wants to flex them into their national TV schedule. What did uh, what did Utah and Oregon State draw this week? Oh, that's right. 1.28 million at home in your recently renovated stadium. Try that on for size, man. 9 a.m. in the morning when every USC fan is still sleeping off a hangover. Because notice, notice the second line peaked at 10.3 million viewers, 3.30 to 3.45 Eastern. Why did it peak at 3.30 to 3.45? Eastern. Eastern. You know why? You know why? Because, uh, yeah, we had a frat house party last night. Friday night was unbelievable. You guys, I don't know if you have seen the co-eds at USC, but, dude, <laughs> slept that one off. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're at Colorado. Let's flip on the TV at 1230 in the afternoon yeah. in Los Angeles. Friends, that's what you don't understand. And what it what is ASU one? Nothing. You know what ASU's one? They're friends with Bobby Robbins down in Tucson, who has one of the most desirable basketball brands in all of college hoop. Hey, did ASU get into another conference and realignment, by the way? And and you may be new to the show. And again, I am just going to I'm going to buy into the fact that this is a trolling comment. But if you don't understand 
that Utah has like, do I really have to explain the football program at Utah to you? Yeah, what have they won? I don't know. Just the conference the last two years? Just back-to-back conference championships. Like, what are you talking about? Just the fact that they have one of the most successful athletic departments in the country. They have one of the most desirable athletic directors in the country. They have a president who was a peacemaker and a facilitator and a communicator. Isn't I, Mark Harlan part of the committee? He is. And I, I don't think you get this. I, tr- I just don't think you get it. I, I think this is 100%. I think this is one because you can't possibly believe this. Yeah. You cannot possibly believe that Colorado has no worth to anybody. Have they won anything? No, they haven't won anything. But I mean, they've won a couple of games, but, but again, that doesn't matter. I just keep telling you guys Stanford and Stanford and Cal. What has Stanford and Cal won? Nothing. Where are they? They're in the ACC. What has SMU won? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. But their value is they bring money. What it, does Oregon State bring money? Does Washington State bring money? No, they bring debt. Again, I'm just showing you because I again I I, I and I want to make this clear. This is the last Oregon State comment on the show today. I'm I'm over this trolling thing. This is what President Murphy and your athletic director Scott Barnes presented <coughs> to the Oregon <coughs> Assembly, which is the state assembly. So you bring money? No, you don't. You're $42.1 million in the hole going forward. So let me get this right. Colorado hasn't won anything, but their football stadium sold out for the entire year. They're drawing 10 million people on Fox. Yeah, why would we want that? Now let's get Oregon State, who is $42.1 million in debt, according to Oregon State, who presented this to the Oregon State Assembly. I don't think you can – that's why I say I'm sure that you know this. I'm sure that you know this. That's Because I think you've commented on our show in the past, and you cannot possibly be this this not. Yeah. It, like, you can't. It's not possible. No, they don't. And then you say stuff like wins matter. No, they don't. Not when you're talking about money. Then why is SMU, Cal, and Stanford in the ACC? You did a very poor job of representing Oregon State today. Aaron Wilson, my favorite is when Monty is frustrated and impassioned. It really pisses me off that Oregon State fans have this unbelievable athletic director, a president who, while she's new, is really working hard, and people actually like her, and you're just obstinate. Listen, Washington State fan, I understand. You guys got rollercocked. I understand why you guys are upset. (laughs) Like, I totally get it. The CAC. Right? I totally get it. I have no idea why Oregon State fan struggles uh, with this math. Because, uh, dude, I, I know why. It's very easy to understand. You, you're little brother to Oregon, and that pisses you off. Yeah. And I get it. Johnny Gonzalez, Beaver fans, you're better than this. I totally agree. That's what I'm saying. Totally agree. Like, totally agree. Like, it, it's, it's remarkable that you can't grasp what Colorado means to the Big 12. That Coach Prime... And his 10 million viewers, what that means to the Big 12. Do you believe? Who are losing Texas and Oklahoma. Who are going to play arguably the most important regular season football game of the season on Saturday at the Cotton Bowl. Those those two universities are going to the SEC. Mm-hmm. And you're going to wonder what Colorado's value to the Big 12 is? Come on now. Come on now. You're going to wonder what Arizona's value to the Big 12 is when they're Talking about building the greatest basketball, college basketball machine we've ever seen. 
You're going to wonder what Utah's what Utah's value to the Big 12 is when they're back-to-back Pac-12 champions and they've been to the Rose Bowl two years and their defense routinely recruits and puts guys in the NFL. And then I'm going to have to explain why Arizona, who tried to pull a revolt on joining the Big 12 and almost got you into the conference, I'm going to have to explain how Arizona State got in? Come on. Come on. Oregon State, you're way better than that. You are way better than that. Um, all right. Congratulations, Oregon State. We just spent 20 minutes talking about it. <laughs> and it's sad because I don't think the comments that were in the – I don't believe that this cut of Oregon State fan represents the, the general Oregon State fan. I don't. We've had too many quality Oregon State fans on the show for too long. And, yeah, there you go. All right. Okay. Football 50 presented, uh, as always, by our good friends at Prize Picks. Oh, man, did I get piped on Prize Picks last we, night? We, dude. I, I don't ever want to hear, oh, well, Daniel Jones, surely he can throw one touchdown. No, never again. Ever. Literally ever. You want to know the funniest part of my Prize Picks last night? Let me pull out my brand Scott. new iPhone 15 Pro Max uh, to open my Prize Picks app here. The worst part about last night was not even Daniel Jones, which was really bad. Because it's garbage. I mean, it was not it was not good. Last night the worst part was DK Metcalf wins in the first quarter, 33 and a half yards in the first half more done. Mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner uh was three and a half or more, I think it was. He had those in the first quarter. Pinnock, Jason Pinnock, the safety of the Giants. I need three out of five to hit to get my money back. Yeah, well, how'd that work out? He, it was five or more. He's at three with 12 minutes to go in the game. Oh, no problem. Plenty of time. Seattle's running the clock out, just running the football. Good old number 27 of the G-Men, just standing at the top of every pile. Yeah, good job, guys. Good tackle. <laughs> looking down into the Grand Canyon, man, dude. <laughs> let me let me get, let me give you a hand up. Oh man, let me tell you, Whew. bro. I, that was awesome tackle. Jamie Gillen, Jamie Gillen, help me. The punter for the Giants. Now you know. Me, no, the missed field goal. Me, me, piped you. Me, me trying to do actually do homework on Prize Picks instead of just going off my instinct and you know full sending it. Yeah. So the punter for the Giants last night. More or less four and a half punts. Averages three punts a game. Uh, there's only been, you know, before last night, they'd played three games. Pretty reliable. I'm like, okay, cool. That's basically an auto win. You know, all they got to do is is basically score three times tonight, which really shouldn't be that difficult, right? No. It turns out it was difficult because Buddy punted five times last night. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Why don't we throw more Microsoft slates at Daniel Jones on the bench? Man. <laughs> Man, dudes, I, I swear that was so. And listen, I don't. I'm not a Giants fan, but who am I? I, I I'm a Chicago any, Bears. Dude, are fan. there any Giants fans left? Like, did you guys like convert yourself to Eagles fans or Jets fans or what you are got, we doing? Last night, Daniel Jones on my Prize Picks. You guys, uh, no. Daniel Jones. I had two thirty. I needed two hundred thirty-one yards, which really is not a big ask, especially at home. No, he did two hundred and three. Darius Slayton. <coughs> I needed forty-one yards receiving. He had twenty-three, and he dropped a thirty-yard bomb. 
hit him in the chest. Dropped it. Any of those happen, I win. Yeah. But no. So today I stayed away from baseball. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because I'd have taken glass now who got shelled. Yeah. So you know when you just don't feel the juju? And like you're then like, on top of that, we got beef fan doing uh, some beaving today. Yeah, the beef is real. All right, hour number two of the Monty Show, as always, presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. You guys, if you got hurt at work today, I, I, I can't tell you how many people ask me about workman's comp. Uh, and the advocates. It is so scary when you get hurt at work because you don't know, when am I going to get paid again? Am I going to get paid again? Is my boss going to do what he said he's going to do? Is the company going to take care of me? None of those should be your concern because you went to the advocates, theadvocates.com, where you never come out of pocket to pay the advocates for representation. You only pay the advocates when they win your case, period. No consultations, no retainers, nothing. And the people at the advocates understand what you're going through and they know, especially when you get hurt at work, there's so much insecurity. What you get at the advocates, yes, you get the best legal representation possible, but you also get peace of mind because there's nothing they haven't seen. They know how to handle your case step by step by step. Let them take all of your nervousness. Let them take all of your animosity. Let them take all of your insecurity. The Advocates at theadvocates.com, or you can chat with one of the elite injury attorneys in the business 24-7, 365 at theadvocates.com. And again, you guys, these are good people we're talking about. I've known the Advocates for over a decade. Um, they are working with The Road Home, which is one of the foremost homeless advocacy groups in the, in the country. And what they're doing is they are trying to get as many Halloween costumes for homeless kids as possible. And I just ask you to go back to your childhood and think about the costumes you wore, right? I was a fireman. It was, I, I was a fireman. I was Ryan Sandberg. One year I was Walter Payton. I'll never forget putting on that football helmet being Walter Payton that year. It was amazing. There are so many kids today who will never have that opportunity because they are homeless. You know what the economy's like. You know what mortgages and rentals are like right now. There's a lot of kids who don't know where they're going to sleep tonight. That's where the road home comes in. That's where the advocates come in. Let's give them a day of normalcy. Let's donate to the advocates on Venmo. There is their, let me get this banner down for you. There is their Venmo. Screenshot that. Please consider sending a dollar, $5, a million dollars, whatever you can spare. Send it to the advocates and just put in their Halloween costume. And if you want to be great, put the Monty Show Halloween costume in there. And that'll go right to the road home who is going to give that money uh, in effort to get Halloween costumes for homeless kids. Hook it up. You can also chat with the advocates directly, theadvocates.com. But there is their Venmo. If it's in your heart today, please consider giving to the advocates. The biggest story in sports today, we have uh, brand new sourcing and exclusive information on the college football playoff committee. Um, and our sources are telling us that the college football playoff committee is heavily uh, leaning towards removing the Pac-12 if it is just the Pac-2 from the college football playoff. We have worked very hard on this story. We've told you over the last 10 to 12 days that the college football playoff committee has met and they have not discussed this issue in a formal setting. I am told that there have been conversations offline in, in, you know, in, the, in the shadows, if you will. Um, they're pretty sure that a Pac-2 
does not have a chance to survive in the college football playoff 2024 going forward. The model that saves Oregon State and Washington State, in fact, is a merger with the Mountain West, which is the only avenue the college football playoff would consider to keeping that version of the Pac-12 somehow in a position to qualify for a spot in the college football playoff, which will be expanded next year. Remember, they were not talking about this upcoming playoff. We're talking about a year from now when it'll be a 12-team playoff. But what will the Pac-12 look like at that point? We are told today exclusively on the show that they will not be keeping a Pac-2 as part of the college football playoff. There is significant momentum uh, towards really, if the word is decertifying, nobody seems to have exactly what the word is, but removing the Pac-2 from the college football playoff going forward in 2024. I think the other story here very clearly is this situation with the college football playoff committee trying to decide, is it going to be the six highest ranked conference champions and six at-large bids? Or if you remove the Pac-12 and the Pac-2, whatever you want to refer to it as, will it be the five highest ranked conferences? Because at that point, what are you at? Nine conferences. If you remove the Pac-12, you have nine conferences left in the FBS you can then take the five highest ranked conference champions and seven at-large bids, which I think the G5 is probably more apt to go with. They would probably agree to that because you got to remember the college football playoff and the subcommittees beneath it is littered with G5 representation. And there is a lot of it. So it's going to be a very interesting negotiation, but our sources are telling us uh, that the general sentiment for the college football playoff committee is a 5-7 model and that a Pac-2 has no chance of being recognized by the college football playoff committee. Um, And again, I want to emphasize this, that the Pac-2, according to our sourcing, and I think we've told you up to a month ago now, uh, because it's already October, if you can believe that, uh, as as early as a month ago, we had told you that the Pac-2 and the Mountain West basically have hammered out the framework for a merger. But the Pac-2 versus the 10 exiting members of the Pac-12, that's going to be the real situation because we literally are frozen in time until that that lawsuit around this, you know, whatever you want to call it, a restraining order, whatever you want to call it, not allowing the Pac-12 board to meet to vote, to make real foundational decisions that impact these remaining two members. Because in the charter and the bylaws of the Pac-12, it specifically states when a university announces their intention to leave the conference, they are removed from the board. There's only two schools who have not announced their intention to leave the conference. That would be Oregon State and Washington State. Should they announce their intention to merge with the Mountain West, now all bets are off. So... Oregon State and Washington State have the fuel. They know that they need to get this case resolved as soon as possible. I think that is absolutely what the college football world is waiting on. College football playoff committee has met multiple times, and they have not even discussed it in a formal setting. They are going to wait to see what the outcome of this Pac-12 litigation is, much like everybody else. And I would remind you, there is a court date in six weeks on November 14th. If it gets to that date, Washington State and Oregon State are <laughs> essentially going to be bled dry at that point. Yep. Because it's going to be very difficult with what is that, six months at that point, 
to make a schedule for every university and every sport at both of those universities to try and fit football, basketball, softball, baseball, all of their sports, track and field, in the window at a, at a maximum length of six months to schedule all of those sports. I, I don't know how you would do that. Yeah. So I, 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 most people believe there will be a settlement to this within weeks at most. Well, and I think if you're the, the, the 10 remaining, you'd like to settle it too just to get on with life. You know, obviously you're in a better position, but I think nobody, I, I think the thing we forget is nobody wants to be in litigation. Nobody like, that's right. Like litigation isn't fun. It's not like this cool thing. Like, like the, everybody involved wants to move on, but they also have their initiatives within the litigation. So yeah, Oregon State and Washington State need to settle that thing as soon as possible. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how all of that plays out. And then, of course, there is this situation with the uh, the ratings in Colorado. I, I think this thing is an absolute juggernaut in Boulder right now. Um, I'm astounded by this. And I think we all knew that, hey, this was a 9 a.m. kickoff in Los Angeles. There's no way they're going to draw a huge number. And my God, they did it again. Colorado draws 7.2 million on average for a home game against USC. Do you believe? They peaked at 10.3 million. It was the most watched telecast of the day on any network. On any network. The Bing Doon kickoff, which seems to be Colorado football these days, um, had 1.5 million viewers, up 19%. I mean, it's remarkable what Colorado's doing. Is Colorado football good, or is this simply a popularity contest? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that, you know, the popularity part of it is obviously playing a big role, but I also think Colorado deserves some credit for putting on a good game. I mean, you're talking about, what did it finish, 48-40? Like, that's no slouch of a game. And I, and I think that the, the crazy part is that, Everyone thought that these guys were dead after the Oregon game. That 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 ass kicking that Oregon shelled out on Colorado, you know, ended their season, and there was no way they were going to bounce back. And these kids don't have that kind of fight. And here we are. They're they're giving Caleb Williams and company a run for their money. And and yeah, sure. Were they ever actually in danger of winning the game? Well, probably not. Right? USC always had the lead. You know, USC yeah. wasn't really playing from behind. Like the USC was in a strong position in that game. But nobody saw Colorado, and I don't care who you are, and if you want to take credit for it, I'm not giving you that credit. Dude, nobody saw 40 points coming from Colorado in this game. No. 30? Okay, sure, sure. Hey, but you know, average defense at USC, 30 points. Okay, great. Nobody saw 48-40. Colorado had the ball, you know, middle of the fourth quarter, driving down the field, couldn't get the job done. Nobody saw that coming. So to yeah. me... I, I think it's a little bit of both, but, but what I don't think is a secret is this team's going to get better. Yeah, they are. This is his first season, and they're pushing good Pac-12 talent. What do you think they're going to do in the Big 12? They're going to be good in the Big 12, and I think that, if I'm Brett Yormark, is what I'm most excited about. Yeah, sure, you know, there's work to be done in at Arizona State. Uh, Arizona's going the right direction with Jed Fish, yeah. right? Obviously, you know... I don't know what to make of the Cam Rising, Brent Keithy situation and where Utah's going and headed and all that, but Utah's a very valuable program that you would think would be really good in the Big 12. So if you're Brett Yormark, you have no reason to sit here 
and fiddle around with Oregon State and Washington State. Well, you I got, don't even think it's about that. But I, but I think that's part of the bigger picture here. Is, hey, you've got valuable brand after valuable brand coming into the conference, and they put up numbers. I think Colorado is a a huge success story in just a month. Yeah. I think it's unbelievable what the money that they've made off of Deion Sanders being their head coach and what he's done, it's mind-numbing. The money that they have made, they have made it's hand over fist at this point. Yeah, I, and I nil for them is it's wild. And then you go to this Mike Gundy story. Did you guys see Mike Gundy talking about nil yesterday? It's kind of wild when you just watch Mike Gundy's head turn when he answers this question. Um, yeah, the nil and the collective is very very important, and I think that. Um, pokes with a purpose and our administration has done a good job of trying to get information out there. Um, it is very important. It, uh, it is becoming a part of um, college football. And I think it's here to stay. Is NIL something you're pitching with recruits? Is like, you know, we have this great collective here at Oklahoma State, pokes with a purpose, and that's different than other schools might be. And, and is that something you're, you're talking about with, with potential recruits and commits? We don't here because it's illegal. I don't break the rules. So now I don't know if other people do or not. That's a good question. I love that he's like, like he just picks his head up. Because it's illegal. This dude's a pimp, dude. There, There is no other way to look at Mike Gundy, right? You look at the, the way he answered this question. I'm going to play it again for you because I think it's that good. First of all, what do you mean it's becoming a big part of college football? Bro, that's why you don't have a quarterback. It is all college football is built on is NIL in the portal right now. I don't break the rules. Right? Well, maybe you should. And the idea that you are not recruiting on your NIL capabilities is wild. I think that, and and you pointed this out, Jake said this in our pre-show meeting, so not to steal your thunder. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Mike Gundy's head tilt is about. When he picks that head, stretches out the back, let me get my core ready to drop this bomb, right? So he stretches out the back, and then he picks up that head, and he's like, huh. Um, Yeah, the NIL and the collective is very, very important, and I think that um, pokes with a purpose, and our administration has done a good job of trying to get information out there. Um, it is very important. It uh, it is becoming a part of um, college football, and I think it's here to stay. Is NIL something you're pitching with recruits? Is like you know we have this great collective here at Oklahoma State, pokes with a purpose, and that's different than other schools might be. And, and is that something you're you're talking about with with potential recruits and commits? We don't here because it's illegal. I don't break the rules. So now I don't know if other people do or not. That's a good question. (laughs) I just, I love it. And I hate it because I, the thing I don't understand, and this is Mike Gundy, Kyle Whittingham. I I mean, this old guard of coaches, you know, Dabo at Clemson is in this group. This grouping of coaches that don't want to embrace or seemingly don't want to embrace NIL in the portal because it's not whether you embrace it or not. There's no choice but to embrace it. I don't break the rules. It's here. 
If you're not, if you are not doing NIL the right way, you are not recruiting the right way. You are not playing football the right way. You are, you're going to lose kids constantly. You're going to be in a position as we find ourselves. And I love Kyle Whittingham, but you don't have a quarterback. Nate Johnson is not him. And I, you look at, at Oklahoma state, you don't have a quarterback, whether it's this year, next year, it doesn't matter. You don't have a quarterback right now. And you're one of the guys who's like, oh yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's becoming part of college football. No, bro. It's here. It's here. We don't need, in my opinion, some massive overhaul. I think we need probably legislation to protect kids because we're hearing more and more stories of companies that want to file lawsuits or that are unhappy with relationships or it's becoming more and more prevalent. The kid takes a huge NIL deal and then never shows up, isn't a player, isn't a star, can't get on the field. And it's why Nick Saban doesn't love NIL or the portal. I know it. It's got to be why guys like Gundy and Dabo and Witt don't love it. Because when, when a kid is playing college football for the money, he's a much different football player. Mm-hmm. Much different football player. Like Cooper Flagg, the basketball recruit. Yeah. Massive basketball recruit. Anybody see he took Kansas off his list today? And that's a big story. He's probably going to wind up at Duke. Which, okay, Duke's a great basketball institution. But has Duke got you closer to a national championship than, than Kansas? Is there more NIL at Duke than there is at Kansas? Maybe yes. there is. Yes. I, I don't know about that. Bill Self has a pretty nice has a pretty nice system rolling. Dude, if and you're Lawrence. a star at Duke, it respectfully to Kansas, I, I think if you're a star at Duke, you are there is a upper cut that you can get to. But is John Shire doing the job? No. You replaced a legend. No, he's not. Hmm. I think and I don't think he is either. I think I think NIL is vital. It's a conversation that has to. I also think NIL happen. is kid to kid. I I think that a guy like Cooper Flag, who is a clear cut alpha male stud type basketball <laughs> oh player. Oh my god! I mean, you can go and play in some tiny ass school, and you're going to get NIL. I, I I think the question for Cooper Flag is, hey, how can I how can I maximize like what. What situation do I feel like best suits me to, yes, maximize NIL, but also maximize my one year at this institution? Because that's the reality of it. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. I don't know what the, I don't ultimately know where it goes. I really don't. I think it is very interesting that you have a situation where you're going to have to figure it out quick because, again, Kyle Whittingham doesn't have a quarterback. And we can sit here and we can wait for for Cam Rising, but you're wait. You, you just you went to Corvallis and died. Yeah, week by week goes by. You went to Corvallis you know. and died. Like I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you're just in this in this spot where I I just don't think. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's that guy. I I, I really don't. And Mike Gundy, I give him credit for talking about it because right? it's illegal. I, I give him credit for it. Mike Smith, uh, the Shire is not saving the Duke. I wonder. I wonder how he will yeah. do ultimately. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, Duke isn't quite Kansas. No, not right now it's not. I mean, Kansas basketball is a behemoth. And we'll see how healthy Bill Self is and how legal Bill Self is. Because you know. it's illegal. But... <laughs>
I don't break the rules. We'll see. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you how you fix that. Yeah. You know, Christopher Shannon, uh, a one and done, and wants two million. You don't even know if he's going to produce. Well, Cooper, no, Flags, who he, he's going to produce. Yeah, he is a <laughs> he is a stud. Yeah, he's going to produce. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see what yeah. he gets, where he gets. That'll be interesting. Mike Smith, Coach K took out uh, the K and Duke. Now they are just due. Oh boy, ain't that the truth. Ain't that the truth. No doubt about that. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, Kansas is the basketball program of all basketball programs. Sorry, UCLA. Mm. I don't know. What's the best basketball program in the country? And in recent wins or not, I mean, I, I think you're talking about the Carolinas, the Blue Bloods, the Carolinas, the yeah, Dukes. I, the guy obviously in real trouble is, you know, in, in Lexington. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on at Kentucky. I mean, you would think that he'll be able to bounce back, but – I don't know. I, I, you know, if I'm a basketball player, why would you go anywhere but a blue blood? If you're, if you're a guy like flag yeah. and you can, if you're, let's be honest, if you're choosing between Kansas and Duke, you're doing all right. Yeah. And I, I think you're doing you know, all right. If I'm, look, if the safer play right now today is probably Kansas, that's the truth. But Duke, in my opinion, is a special place to go and play basketball. It's it's one of those institutions where the experience, in my opinion, can't necessarily be replicated. I'm not saying he's gonna he's got a better chance to win a Natty at Duke than he does at Kansas, but what I am saying is that Duke, in my opinion, has just crap loads of heritage and legacy, and it's special to put on that uniform, no matter how mediocre they they are right now. They've earned some mediocre years with how much they've dominated college basketball. Now, if I was Cooper Flag. I wouldn't be going to Duke. I'd be looking at UNC because I think UNC's got more life in it right now. But again, that's not on yeah. his list. Well, and I think you lose. The problem at the Blue Buds right now is this one and done. Obviously, it's completely different than college football, but you look at the one and done in college basketball. Carolina's the perfect example. You play for the national championship and then you miss the tournament altogether. Yeah. I mean, it makes it, it, makes it very difficult. Salty Drunk, what's up, my guy? You guys have pissed off Crybaby Beeves fans. I, it is what it is, man. I bet. It is what it is. Uh, Christopher Shannon, Connecticut. He probably he'll be a Connecticut or Duke, one of those two. That's what he's down to. Brownie CFB. All Connor Johnson messages have disappeared. Well, we don't block people, so he yeah. said something that YouTube didn't like then. But you know, that's up to him. Look, the the whole like, if you guys want to keep commenting, please do. You're making us. That's that's a. Do, Tell us you don't understand how YouTube works without telling us. When you comment, it tells YouTube that you like the show. And when you comment repeatedly, it tells YouTube that you like the show. You're interacting with the show. So, hey, keep commenting. It's, it's all good to me. It's not, it's not personal to me. Bryce Martin, what's up, Bryce? Texas Tech basketball going to rebound this year. Yeah, so is the football team. <laughs> I think the Tech, by the way, the Texas Tech-Baylor game this week. Dude, how big is that game? Yeah. I mean, it is it is really can Dave do it two weeks in a row? That's the biggest question. That is the biggest question. I think when you look at there's not a lot of great games this week. I and I think for obvious reasons, right? Because you have you're going to have a lull and it you have the Red River rivalry this week. And I think when you look at the Big 12, I actually think some of the games in the Big 12 Friday night, K-State Okie State Dude, that's huge. Or excuse me, Oklahoma State. Yeah, can you get it right, please? My bad. 
That's huge. Obviously, Texas, Oklahoma. But how big is Kansas UCF? UCF needs a a, a, a bounce back, but doesn't Kansas need a bounce back? Yeah. Texas Tech Baylor, and that game's at McLean and Waco. And I want to say it's still even. It is still even. That game should be even. It should be. You really? I think oh, Texas. Yeah, I think be. Texas Tech is playing. They played really good football last week. Yeah, I well, would expect. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe. Maybe I don't know. I I think Texas Tech, reputationally speaking, is at one of the lowest points they've been in recent memory. I I think you you mm. play that poorly early in the year, and then and then you you expect to to get respect. Yeah. Going to Waco? No, that's not how it works. You're gonna have to earn that. Uh, you're gonna have to earn that. But TCU. TCU going to Ames. Is, is Iowa State the easy win everybody thought it would be? Well, it should be. It should be, but it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to be very interested to see how TCU bounces because that was a terrible loss. I mean, a, just a terrible loss. And I'm curious, is Iowa State the, the Oklahoma State team we saw or the – Oklahoma team we saw because you got TCU at home and then you got to go to Cincinnati and Baylor and then Kansas and BYU. Mm -hmm. So does Iowa state win any of those games? There's probably one in there that they win that people don't think they will. We'll see. College football is usually pretty good for one of those. We'll see. We shall see. I am very interested. James, uh, Oklahoma state has a QB. His name is Zane. Stop. He okay then. How did Zane Flores do last week? Like that, and Pokes fans, you can keep going back to Zane. You keep going back and how did he do last week? What's his QBR this year? Yeah, he's not playing. It doesn't matter. Um, you keep going to this, and you and again the line that I always hear: Flores is as good as Arch Manning. It doesn't matter because he's not playing. He's not. How do you? You're Oklahoma State. You don't have a quarterback. How is that possible? How did How did you lose to Iowa State? Because you don't have a quarterback. Because it's, it's illegal. It, it's wild to me. It is absolutely wild to me. And I, I don't I, listen. I don't particularly. I'm not the guy that believes that Mike Gundy is in any trouble, any way, shape, or form in Oklahoma State. I just don't see it that way. But. Zane Flores had better be the savior that Oklahoma State fans are making him out to be. Because if you are not markedly better next year, then what is the excuse going to be? That's what I'm, that's I what I'm asking. Completely. Then what is the excuse going to be? It, it, that, is a, that is a huge issue. That is a huge issue to me. Uh, Christopher Shannon, South Alabama and Iowa State. Yeah. South Alabama. Because it's garbage. I... Again, we can sit here and make excuses for coach, but you can't be two and two with directional Alabama and Iowa State being your losses. My bad. And your wins are Central Arkansas and Arizona State. That's not going to cut the mustard, man. It's not. And I'd remind you, it's K-State, Kansas, at West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, at UCF, at Houston, BYU. And right now, there's not a gimme game on that schedule right there. Or at least it doesn't feel like it for Oklahoma State. It it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. You know, so 
We'll see. Uh, I will. Fr- James says, I'll freely admit that the Cowboys aren't that good this year. We lost to Iowa State because Flores threw two interceptions. Did he throw? Did I miss? He, but, but that's my. But that's he kind didn't of the, play. That's he, kind of the point. Though. Oh, he he. It was a miss. I meant Bowman threw two interceptions. I was going to say he had Flores in play. You want to break some news on the show, man? Uh, oh my God. Uh, let's see. Jeremy Callahan. Quick lesson in Big Twelve football for you. Iowa State is never the easy win. But aren't they? Haven't they been? Yeah. Yeah. They have been. And hey, you know what, man? They're one of those teams you should beat, and if you lose to them, you look like an idiot. That's you the do. problem with those games. You do, and when you lose to them, you do look like an idiot. And it, and I think it's very difficult when you when you continue to when you continue to lose games that you should win, and you continue to find ways to lose games. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in a situation that is not. Ideal. Yeah. yeah. So I I think you're better off when Iowa State wins. The conference is clearly better. When more teams are winning than losing, your conference is better. I know that's rocket science. Yeah. You, you know. need the low-end team to win five games. Salty Drunk, if you comment repeatedly, YouTube sees you as spam. No, if you comment, so I just want to clarify that. You're not technically wrong, but I want to make sure people understand Dude, if you're going to comment the same thing over and over and over again, then you're yeah. going to be regarded as spam. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, and YouTube, not that I I don't know why we're even going to get into this, but YouTube has a filter. Yeah. And if you repeatedly comment the same thing or if you are like emoji guy or if you are you get they have a timeout feature. And it it will put you you won't be I don't even know what it is. 5 minutes, 3 minutes, whatever it is. They're going to put you in timeout because you keep commenting the same thing over and over again. So just know that. I mean, it it is it is what it is, man. Um, all right, let's switch gears, talk some NBA, because I'm really interested in this Lakers conversation today. I know that's probably not something we should say out loud. What about what LeBron James said today? Or technically yesterday. LeBron James says Anthony Davis is the face of the LA Lakers. (laughs) So we told you on the show yesterday. LeBron, dude. Anthony Davis. After the street closed Davis. Said he intends to play all 82 games this year. (laughs) Uh, Listen. That's funny. I, I hope he does because he's an amazing athlete, a phenomenal NBA player mm-hmm. who earned the name Street Clothes for a reason. Mm-hmm. And first of all, is who's the face of the LA Lakers right now? Bron. It's LeBron James. Yeah. And we can politic and we can try to, you know, spit shine a turd, whatever you want to call it. And we can sit here and we can say, oh, the Lakers, they're better when Anthony Davis is the center of the universe. Schemers trying to control their little worlds. Only they're not. Yeah. Only they're not. And I, I, I love, I truly love the fact that you're getting a situation where you have a guy like LeBron James trying to do the right thing for the Lakers. 100%, right? He's trying to pass the torch. But the only problem with that is you're trying to pass the torch to a dude who plays 30 games a year. That's not going to work. And when I first heard the comments, because, of course, you know, I was listening to a, you know, a radio program that, 
you know, was probably not the highest quality. So what do I get? Oh, LeBron is passing the torch to a new superstar in L.A. You're never going to guess who it is. Me being me, I'm like, oh, Austin Reeves, Mr. Captain America. That's what I thought he was going to hey, say. Dude, right? Like, Austin Reeves has AR been on 15. a heater. Like, it's all good, dude. Right? Oklahoma guy. Like, all right, great. Brand new contract. Yeah. Huge, huge FIBA performance. Yeah. No. What do I get? Anthony Street Clothes, MFing Davis, and his fro this summer is the new face of the Lakers. And I'd love to play the comment, by the way, but it is copyrighted, so we can't. But he he said about Anthony Davis that if he said, LeBron said something to the effect of, if you look up at all those numbers, and he was pointing at the Lakers retired numbers, mm -hmm. Anthony Davis is in that conversation. He is? The Lakers should retire Anthony Davis's jersey. He's got to win at least another championship Come on. before we start talking about that. Come on now. There, there, is, there is no chance in the world that Anthony Davis is an all-time Laker at this point. No. There is no chance in the world that he should have his number retired, and there is no chance in the world that Anthony Davis is the face of the Lakers. It's just not. It's LeBron it until it's not. And Yeah, and I think the problem truly is just the injuries. That's it. I, I think... Dude, Anthony Davis is as talented as any big in the league. He will dominate you, but the problem is he's never available. And I don't know when he's going to learn the lesson. How about we stop wearing Kobe's? I don't know. Why don't you put on a high top LeBron? Because LeBron's shoe, not the newest ones, because obviously he's gone with more low tops recently, but his, a little bit, a couple models earlier, older, he was wearing high tops with Air Max for a reason, and he wasn't getting hurt. His ankles weren't – he wasn't hyperextending knees I've, and rolling I've it. never like, understood the Anthony Davis and Kobe's thing. I just don't understand it. And so, to me, I look at it and I say, hey, dude, you, you, you talk that junk. The biggest problem I had, though, I have to say it, on every year this happens, and it's not just the Lakers. It's different teams every single year, but, of course, this year it is the Lakers. Anthony Davis wants to come out here and talk about how him and Braun had conversations while they were working out this summer, and he can't wait to play the Nuggets, and they're better than the Nuggets, and I'm going to play 82 games. Okay, listen, man, you're not playing 82 games, and you guys aren't better than the Nuggets. That's just the reality of the situation. I'm glad Austin Reeves and D'Lo are going to start next to each other this year. That's what it should have been last we year. We need basketball games to start being Show played. Show me <laughs> that you are legit. All like, this talk... It's and it's always around the Lakers. I get it. It's the Lakers. I totally understand it. But at some point, you have to get back to winning games. And this is this is the Zion Williamson thing. Did you guys see Zion Williamson? Yeah, this is another one. Exactly right. This is this is another one. Oh, Zion's in the best shape of his career. Look at him. He does. He he looks absolutely shredded. Like, he looks, that's as thin and as cut and as in shape Fat. as I have seen Zion Williamson in some time. And if you look at the video of him walking through media day yesterday, he actually looks dramatically thinner. He looks like he has gotten stronger in his lower half and leaner and really stronger in his arms and his shoulders, which was a major problem for him. But now you got to go play 75 games. Yeah. And it's it's that three-point thing we always talk about. Yes. Oh, here's Rudy Gobert taking threes. 
hey, that's cool, man. That's cool. But I just, it, it, it makes me crazy when you look at a guy like Zion Williamson, who's got all the talent in the world to do anything he wants. He could be the best power forward in the league right now. But he's got all these baby mama drama, porn star. Notice all that went away real quick. Zero talk now. But what's the one thing he's never done? He's not a big-time player because he just doesn't play games in the NBA. Oh. And so it's allowed guys like this this younger generation of player now is taking over the 3-4 combo. It, it, it's guys like Josh Giddy. It's guys like Chet. It's guys like... The talk of the town, VW. Like, all those guys have higher profiles. And I feel like there's this dark cloud hanging over Zion Williamson where we're all standing around waiting for Zion to get hurt. Yeah. And rightly or wrongly, I, I don't know what other expectation you would have. Zion or Anthony Davis? Because I can't tell the difference between the two. Well, Anthony Davis is more reliable. And Anthony Davis, because he's won. And he's the reason the Lakers won. But since the bubble championship... I mean, he just has not played enough games. And if you look at if you look at his and, he, and last year he actually played quite a few games. But you know what drives me crazy about healthy Anthony Davis? Uh he he's down holding his knee. He's gonna have to go back to the locker room for 10 minutes. Whatever. And then come back out and he's just fine. He's that guy that's like, whew, man, that fast break really took it out of me. Better hurt my knee for a minute. <laughs> like that's what it feels like with him. Tell me I'm wrong. Right? Tell me I'm wrong. But he did play 56 games last year. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah. Can he add 20 games to his to, – can he get to 75? Because I think that's what he has to do. He has to has get to – Has he ever played 75 in his career? Like, what's the most games he's played in his career? In his career, he has played 75 twice for New Orleans in 17 and 18. Um, the most he's ever played for the Lakers was 62 in uh, 2020. Like, the guy's a monster. There, there's no like you look at his numbers. He's he he. In my opinion, the way the game is officiated today, and he plays for the Lakers. That's a thirty point a game guy. Yeah, but he doesn't play enough to get there. Yeah, he doesn't play enough to get there. And this year, when the Western, I think the Western Conference is going to be as fast as it has ever been. The pace of play in the West between the Warriors, OKC. You, you look at Sacramento. You look look at Denver. Denver has no problem getting up and down the floor. Bro, you know that Jokic is confident when he spent his entire summer overseas, you know, going to horse races. Like, this guy is confident. And and I just, I don't know, man. I, I can respect Braun and street clothes for being confident in what they did this summer and, you know, having chemistry and feeling really good yeah. about the fact that they can win games. Because I, I don't disagree. You can win a lot of games. There's no doubt. I'm not talking about winning a lot of regular season games. I don't want you to be the one seed. I want you to be the four seed, and then I want you to go beat the hell out of Denver this year. I'm tired of Denver already. They I'm are unexciting, it. aren't they? Like, like, like there was a conversation today. I, I it might have been Rome or whoever the hell we were listening to talking about how oh well, like there was a someone who called in and was like oh well, dude, like nobody wants to talk about Denver. Yeah, I wonder why. It's Denver, dude. It's not the Lakers. It's not. Phoenix. It's not like, uh, uh, like yes, Denver is a major metropolitan area. It's not Los Angeles. In my opinion, it's not Phoenix. It's not Chicago. It's not New York, right? Like, 
Denver is full of a bunch of dudes who play for a hard ass head coach who play with who play with edge, and I respect that. And they're good. And they are good. That doesn't mean I like them or have to like them. And frankly, for the NBA, it's better when the Lakers win. If Damian Lillard finds Ooh. a way to win a championship this year, that'd be damn good for the NBA. So wait, while you're talking about that, are the do you favor the Celtics now that that Drew Holiday is on the Boston Celtics? Because I don't know how you don't. Yeah. He it, what that does is it means they they don't have a point guard problem anymore. Right. And, and it and takes it, it takes Jalen Brown. Yeah. It takes Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum off the ball, and it eliminates the terrible shot in the critical moment that they've that has just plagued that team for the last three years. I don't know how you don't favor Boston in the East. Yeah, and I, and I think that no one's talking about that this alleviates Marcus Smart. You don't need Marcus Smart anymore. You've got Drew Holiday. He's a better defender, in my opinion, and he's a better three-point shooter. So, And he mm -hmm. can run your offense, as you were just saying. So to me, yeah, I, I think that the Celtics, in my opinion, have the most complete roster on paper in the Eastern Conference. That doesn't mean that Jalen Brown's going to show up in Game 4 of the divisional or of the first round or, or the semifinal or whatever. That doesn't mean that guys just are going to auto show up because you have a nice roster on paper, but you would think that they should be able to compete well, at the highest level in the East. But again, should. like should I, that's one team that I won't believe in until they get the job done. Are because, you surprised that the Celtics included Robert Williams in that trade? Mm. I'm a little surprised by that. Now for Portland, you understand it because they moved Nurkic. Yeah. They needed size, but that's a good young big who doesn't need the ball to be effective. Yeah, he's a good backup to dominating, you know. Yeah, dominant. <laughs> you had made it an hour and 43 minutes without saying something stupid. DeAndre Ayton rolled out. Yeah, it's, uh, I intend to dominate. I'm dominating. Come on, guy. There's a reason you're in Portland now. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. <laughs> and did you also hear that he wants to play the four, not the five? Oh, how are you going? I'll go. I'll go back to to uh, Josh Giddy in Oklahoma State. If you're OKC, do you not when you see dominating at the four? Aren't you like, okay, Josh, have fun, enjoy the All Star game, sir? <laughs> right. If you're, don't you go and attack him with a three-four hybrid yes, matchup guy? Yes, dude. Dominating. dominating, dominating. Stop. <laughs> just, just stop. It, it drives me crazy. All right, let's get some of your NBA comments in here. All of our NBA conversation on the Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. You guys make the money that you want and deserve at TridayTrading.com. Again, somebody asked me on DM the other day, well, the market's way off. I can't I can't possibly start day trading now. Uh, actually, it doesn't matter. When the market's down, day trading's good. When the market's way up, day trading's good. When the market is just average, day trading's good. Because you're not in it for the long haul. You're in and you're out. That's the magic of day trading. That's why you make so much money. And did you know that graduates of the tri-day trading system who trade full-time make it on average $1,000 a day or more. When you trade part-time, maybe you're doing day trading as a side hustle and you graduate the program at Tri-Day Trading, you're making three to $500 a day. And all of that for a $10, 30-day trial membership. 
and that $10 is a charitable donation, so it's a tax write-off. Your Tri-Day Trading is education, so it's a tax write-off. They give you 30 days of the entire program. They hold nothing back. Go get it right now. TridayTrading.com. Sign up for their $10 30-day trial membership. First one in. Wow. Comment dump. Um, let's see. Salty Drunk says Drew Holiday will take Boston to the finals. It, it, you would think, right? You would think. I mean, I, 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 I completely agree with that take, but... Uh, again, I, I don't question what Drew Holiday does in the finals. We've seen him. He's been there. No question about it. He's going to contribute. But I wonder about Jalen Brown because you know that Jason Tatum typically has pretty good playoff series. He's good for one crappy game of series, but yeah. the rest of them are pretty productive, pushing 30 points a night. Jalen Brown is the one. Can Jalen Brown... Go, what is, I believe his weakness was going left, if memory serves. It, has he added going left to the bag? Like, I need to see that progression because you're paying this guy at the top of the league and he's not performed in the big moment. I think, I think Boston has a real opportunity here. And I, for everything that they have not been and everything they went through with Ime Yudoka and everything they went through last year in the playoffs and losing and disappointments and infighting Brad Stevens has handed you a pretty dang good roster and you add a guy like Drew Holiday who in my opinion is one of the best vets in the league you can rely on him now how many games will he play if you can get 65 games out of Drew Holiday I think you're thrilled mm -hmm. and you put him in the playoffs I don't see how they're not uh, uh, finals contender. Yeah. I, I, cause Philly's a mess. This, did you guys hear this James Harden thing today? James Harden doesn't show up for media day or day one of training camp. Uh, he'll be in Colorado Springs at their training camp for day two. Fat. I trade the guy. The problem is I think the Clippers are the only team that wants him. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know who else is even fighting for him. Yeah. Cause the issue is he doesn't win and he's a malcontent and he's a volume player. And he's a volume player. Yeah. Great point. Johnny Gonzalez, Damian Lillard could have been a contender. That situation ended so Another poorly. guy. Can he stay healthy? Yeah. Uh, Adam Salamini, Marcus Smart is pretty darn a pretty darn good defender. And that, he is. He is. But he's a terrible three-point shooter. He's gotten better. And he's just not that guy that... Drew Holiday just has that little it factor when it matters most. Dude, Drew Holiday has much more leadership ability than Marcus Smart ever had. Marcus Smart thrives in the secondary role as a defender first, three-point shooter second, who can dive all over the and floor. And I think he thrives in chaos. Yeah. Drew Holiday thrives in half-court execution, which is what has ailed the Celtics. Don't get, don't get this wrong. Marcus Smart was a good player for the Boston Celtics. He wasn't good enough to be their floor general and take them all the way. And you can't ask, in my opinion, Jason Tatum in today's NBA, I don't think you can ask Jason Tatum to bring the ball up most of the, most of the time. I don't think you can have Jalen Brown trying to figure out if he can go left, right, or down the middle. I, that just doesn't work. And too many times in clutch moments, the Celtics were running around with their heads cut off. Yes. So I think Drew Holiday is a huge pickup for them, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, you know. Tarrant County, boy, even Zion's shoes were saying he was heavy. They were actually uh, talking ripped shoes. See what he was ripped, his shoes. That's wild that he came through that shoe at Duke. <laughs> That's Duke crazy. is Duke. 
Uh, Jim Choi, Utah needs to go after Devin Brown from Ohio State all the way. He could be the savior of the Utes. Uh, maybe. Maybe. They need to do something at quarterback. Uh, Lakers are more hated than Denver. Lakers are like the Yankees and Cowboys. Everybody loves to hate them. Truth. Truth. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez says, ain't more like ain'tin. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know. Uh, Tarrant County boy, Jimmy Butler is the son of Andre 3000 and, and Dennis Rodman. I, I just don't have that much problem with what, what he did. I don't know if we still have the pictures of him or not, but Jimmy Butler showed up with some wild hair and a bunch of metal in his face yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so many people were like bombing him and why do you care? And I thought he handled the situation Perfectly. He was asked how he felt about not getting Damon. What did he say? I was mad. I was really mad. I was frustrated. I was emotional. You know, like, hey, I, that's a great answer. And he's like, now it's all over. It's time to play basketball. Well, yeah. That's exactly the answer you want, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what else he would say. I mean, I, I think that's the truth. Like, that's how it works. Yeah, I, I, think it is, I think he handled it perfectly. I just don't think there's any way to... Yeah. There's just no, yeah, you know. Uh, Chuck B says, I'm just here for wedgie talk. Okay. Well. Okay. You know. Um, AAR, Harden already called his ex-friend, the 76er GM, a liar three times already, and yet showing up to training camp, which is just wild to me. Showing up to training camp like it's no big deal. Yeah. Which I don't understand. Football 50, 10 of the hour. Every hour on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at Prize Picks, prizepicks.com, or use the link in the description below to download the Prize Picks app. That will get you 100% deposit matching uh, at Prize Picks Bros. The Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey thing has gotten ugly. First, it starts with Aaron Rodgers who glossed Travis Kelsey as Mr. Pfizer right. on the Pat McAfee show today because Travis Kelsey did a commercial promoting the Pfizer jab. And then it came out that Travis Kelsey's not so popular with his ex-girlfriends. In fact, one of his ex-girlfriends said that of Travis Kelsey, quote, once a cheater, always a cheater. Oh. Oh. And then his last girlfriend, who is very close friends with Brittany Mahomes. And by the way, it's fine as hell. They're all fine as hell. Um, was very close friends with Brittany Mahomes. Right. Travis Kelsey's last girlfriend unfollowed all of the Mahomes, unfollowed Travis Kelsey, unfollowed Taylor Swift on social media. The world has come to an end. My God. I mean, what are we going to do without his ex-girlfriends following everybody? Don't you love these situations where it's like, oh, my God, she unfollowed them on Insta Snap Face. Like, why is that such a thing where it's like, oh, my God. She's unfollowed them on Insta. Well, look, I'm, I'm always game for like the Zion situation, right? Where where Zion's baby mamas have like Snapchat conversations and everything. I'm game for those situations. This type of petty ass stuff, I'm just like, okay, dude, like get over yourself. Like, okay, great, you're not following them. They're sure as hell not following you. 
then as far as Brittany Mahomes is concerned, she can continue to be pissed off that she's not the center of the universe in the Chiefs organization. And it just is what it is, man. And by the way, how long is how long are Trav and Taylor gonna last? Trav, uh, long... excuse me, it's Swelsey. Yeah. Oh, sorry. How long are Swelsey gonna last? Yeah, as long as it continues uh, to pump jersey and ticket oh sales my God. in the NFL. I love it. I absolutely. I, you know, uh, Tarrant County boy says a a Rod, Mister Ayahuasca. The whole that's so funny. I, you know, do you guys? Are you guys? I am admittedly burned out on the Taylor Swift thing. I'm ready for the breakup already. Like, let's just... Because you know what's going to happen. You know that they're going to break up, and then Trav is going to have a primetime game but, next up but on the do schedule. You, do you cheat on Taylor Swift? No. No. His And, and it's alleged his ex-girlfriend, again, said once a cheater, always a cheater, meaning he cheated on her allegedly. You have the cojones to cheat on Taylor Swift. Bro, whoever you're cheating on Taylor Swift with better damn well be like an A-list, top-of-the-mountain guy. Man, I cannot even imagine that. And then there's Jera. Jera Jones says that Jerry. the uh, Super Bowl runs through San Francisco. By the time you're through with these next few days, it will thoroughly be indoctrinated in you of what San Francisco is. And make no mistake about it, they're a tremendous team, outstanding defense, and uh, will challenge us as much as uh, anybody that, frankly, we've been challenged with this year or any other year. Uh, so they've uh, certainly got that. Uh, we, uh, uh, frankly, we need to worry about uh, execution and need to worry about ourselves and not so much about what they are because uh, they are right now uh, probably the uh, most likely team to uh, go in the Super Bowl. Ooh. Do you do you like Jarrah saying that? Or you? I mean, it's an easy take, but I, why does Jerry need to roll out here talking about San Francisco? Dude? But is he wrong? It, it, no, he's not wrong, but you're the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Isn't it? Isn't the shtick always pro-Dallas Cowboy? Like, shouldn't you be saying something like, hey, like, yeah, they're a really good team, but we, we're going to inflict our will, and we're going to do what we do, and we're worried about, like, that's what I expect out of Jerry. I'm not saying he's wrong. I, I, I don't have an issue with him saying it. I'm just surprised that Jerry, Mr. Mosquito Circumciser, is out here talking about how the Super Bowl runs through San Francisco. When in reality, you have a good enough team to beat them if you play your best game. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised he said that. I was a little surprised he said that, but I, I think he's exactly right. Yeah. I think San Francisco's the best team in the NFC, and if you want to come out of the NFC, eventually you're going to have to deal with them. Yep. But I think Dallas is very good as well. I mean, their defense – I mean, it, the Diggs injury still sucks out loud. Yes, it does. But their defense, I think, has adjusted. They're, they're, you're seeing now – if Leighton Vander Esch can stay healthy, that kid is just so good. Yeah. He's such a good story and such a good dude. And the Giants are not it. The Giants are so bad. Yeah. I think I think Philadelphia is in the conversation. So like who's the best team in the in the in the NFC right now? I mean, I think very clearly it is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, That's my opinion. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, yeah, I think because of that defense, it, they're just outstanding. You know, so, okay, let's say they're number one. I think 
Dallas certainly is right there. Philly is certainly right there. I mean, those three to me are the ones competing at this, the very top of the NFC. That San Francisco defense, I think, is the best defense in the NFC. Yeah. Um, I Tampa at three and one. Are you a Tampa believer? Not yet. Not yet. Only because it's Baker. I get get to five, six, seven, <laughs> then I'll believe. Can, and can can we all agree the Chicago Bears are the worst team in the NFC? Well, they're going to compete to win the NFC. No. Sorry. Sorry. I know they had an MVP at quarterback in the preseason. I think they're worse than Carolina. I I do. They're I better think- than the Giants. The Bears are not better than the Giants. Stop. You're 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 trying No, I'm not taking the bait. I am not taking the bait. I'm not. Up uh, whoa, comment um San Francisco has Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers are really good. I get why Jerry said that. I get why he said that too. Um let's see. What what did Mabe say? Jake, people who cheat never cheat up. No, they don't. That's an excellent point. They never sir. cheat up. Yeah, that's they true. don't. I, you know. But they just don't know why you cheat on Swift, dude. Like, come yeah, on. giggity. Haters gonna hate. Kelsey don't care about the, these scrubs with his name in their mouths. No, he doesn't. He does scrubs. not care. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, there's a lot of jealousy out there. There's a lot. Uh, Big Dog O Town, what's up? Jerry praying the reverse psychology playing the reverse psychology card he is. Uh, and donuts. Jerry looks like an alien. He is not an attractive man. No, he's not. He is not. Uh, Gonzalez, what's up? Jerry Jones, the Jimmy Johns of football owners. Uh, uh, hey, Tone. Hey, Tone. At least Taylor Swift has a... Come on, man. Be better than that. Uh, Jerry has already admitted defeat and surrendered, Gonzalez says. That's what I'm saying. This I don't very, know about this is that. Different. I don't know about that, but it Come is on. different behavior out of Jerry, dude. Come on. 100% is a different different tone out of Jerry. Come on. Main event says it's a business arrangement, nothing more. I've heard this so many times about Swelsey. Yeah, I don't I don't I still don't buy it. I I I it's You think have, they're in love? No, I don't think they're in love. So you I, think it I, is a business I, arrangement? Yeah, I think I think this started as a hookup and then they saw opportunity. She saw opportunity in the NFL, which I she's Dude, there's no doubt when no one talks about it, she's a brilliant businesswoman. She it is, is the music, phenomenal. but she is a phenomenal businesswoman. So to me, if I'm Taylor Swift and I find Mr. Mustache Travis Kelsey attractive, um, I see an opportunity. And you can't tell me that that this isn't helping her brand and, and her side as well. They're both making so much money on yeah. this. Yes. Like his jersey is by far the number one selling so jersey. So are they in like, love? I don't believe they're in love. Are they milking it and having a good time? Absolutely. And I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I I, uh, I think it's very interesting. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show presented by Prize Picks, our official daily fantasy partner on the Monty Show. Click the link in the description below. It'll download the app for you. It'll embed the promo code Monty. That gets you 100% deposit matching up to $100. Prize picks is amazing. I love in our in our members only group on Instagram that we are all playing prize picks together. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, even though I got my nuts stomped on last Dude. night by Daniel Jones and the Giants. I mean, how many times is Daniel oh my Jones and company gonna, going to suck? Like, how, how many times is that going to happen? Yeah, I don't know, man. That was that was an absolute. That's one of the worst beats I've ever taken. I all I needed was one guy not to drop a wide open, and I, th- I think it was like a thirty-two yard pass, and I win. Now I dr- it hit him in the chest. He dropped. Oh shit! 
So let me get this right. If Daniel Jones completes that pass, he's over 230 yards. The receiver <coughs> is over <coughs> over 40 yards. I win. I I I would have won 250 bucks. He dropped it. They pulled him. It's over. And then just to win the $10, hey, we feel pity for your losing ass. Uh cuz I played a flex play. All I needed <laughs> And I just shouldn't look at it because it is so heartbreaking to me. Oh, dear. Oh, my. Jason Pinnock, the safety of the Giants. Four more tackles. And you're like, well, Mati, it's a lot of tackles. From the middle of the third quarter to the fourth quarter, I felt like every time he was like, oh, hey, Monty. Nice tackle, bud. Like he's standing over the pot. He is in position to make the tackle and just doesn't. And it must have been, I bet it was 10 times. Yeah. He's right there. And then fully laid on one. I was like, that's it. I'm turning it off. You're throwing our budget a little out of whack. Yeah, you did, Pinnock. It's mm, the worst of times and the best of times. The worst of times and the best of I, times. I might be staying away from Monday Night Football for a minute after that one. That Dude, was tough, I haven't bro. won Monday Night Football. In... Yeah, that was, that was really, really tough. And as far as playoff baseball Ugh. is concerned, uh-uh. Nope, not in the wild card round, dude. It, it is driving me crazy. Dudes um, who should have good outings typically get shelled in the wild card round. Dakota Tubbs, what's up, Dakota? Monty, I know this little you don't think Kelsey and T Swift is in a relationship thing is really just your cover for your true hate of Missouri. Why do, I used to live there. What do you mean my true <laughs> hate of Missouri? <laughs> Everybody's a victim. I it, it, it I listen, are they are they going through the process of making kids without making kids? Sure they are. The cack. Sure they are. <laughs> but is it true love and Mama Kelsey loves T. Swift? Aww. No, it's not. <clears throat> no, it's not. She's making money. Kick me outside. How about that? She's making money. He's making money. And the sex is probably amazing. Uh, man. Right? Like the Discock. Come on, dude. Yeah, dude. Buddy's running the seam route every night, man. And he's a finely tuned machine. She is whatever you think of her. Yeah, she strums it real nice. Like, dude, do you know how good she is at playing the harmonica? Let's just stop pulling punches, dude. Come on. I ain't got nothing to do with can I'm not a Chiefs Discock. fan. But you know. You know. I, I just whatever. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, why would you bring up the Chicago Bears? Can we have it be no bear talk Wednesday on the show, Mark, please? No. Jeff Woodworth, Amazon trying to push the Bears game for this week. Does an ad, ad man have a harder job? No. An ad I, I'm man. down, dude. I'm down for another one of your Eberflus rants. I, I'm down. If you, I mean, if you want to, we can, but, you know. The only Eberflus... And, and I do not curse on this show anymore. You guys know that. The only the only Eberflus rant, I can't even say his name without <laughs> snapping. The only so Eberflus said, yeah. rant that I have is the fact that you are on the road and you're a, a touchdown dog. Because the commanders are five and a half. Yeah. You're a touchdown dog. They think you're going to get beat by a touchdown. And who's to say they're wrong? It's true. Who's saying that the boys in Vegas are wrong on this one? Because I'm not. Texas me. Justin Fields. No. No. Terribly vexed. No. And you listen here, Woodworth. 
I cannot rationally talk about the Chicago Bears. That's I, what fucking takes me the fuck off. I can't because. <laughs> do you understand how close to the promised land we were when it was twenty-one to seven at the half, and then twenty-eight to fourteen going to the fourth quarter? Everything was cruising. And then I walked away from the TV and doing I was in some a good you know, mood. doing some just you know making food or whatever honey you were doing. List. Yeah, honey, honey. Everything was fine. Honey. I'd played really good golf on Sunday morning. Bears were going to win a game. Justin Fields didn't look like a complete douche playing quarterback who had no idea what he was doing <laughs> out there. Let me let me explain to you friends. You want to know how bad my life is? Zach Wilson's a better quarterback than Justin Fields. <laughs> There, I said it. <laughs> what, what do you want me to say? C.J. Stroud, better quarterback than Justin. I'm screwed. There, I said it. And then the fourth quarter happened. Whatever. And Dude, then, that fumble was just incredible. Then Matt Eberflus decided, yeah, we should absolutely talk about Trace Clavepool and not say anything at all with saying a bunch of other stuff that made everybody understand how much I hate Chase and... And Pardon me. Uh, just one, one, just one time, sir. Just what? Can you just do me a favor? One, shut the. How are you not media trained? Can you guys, I ask that question? Do you guys understand? Because it's an organizational part. Do you understand? We're going to fire him, and we're going to start over again. <coughs> new coach, new quarterback. Oh, this guy's the savior. Oh my God! Praise Jesus. Drake May, oh my God, Drake May. What do you want to bet? What do you want to bet? Whoever the the a year from now, whoever's going to be the rookie of the year, he'll go third in the draft. Like for instance, the Bears aren't going to take Caleb Williams. No, they're going to trade out. You already know that. No, we take. <laughs> we're going the Trubisky route on this bitch. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're taking Trubisky instead of Mahomes. We're taking Drake May instead of Caleb Williams because we're going to show up. <laughs> and then we're going to hire a special teams coordinator out of some high school in Skokie, and he's going to be our new head coach, <laughs> and that quarterback's going to suck too. And then for three straight years, do you understand? We're going to have the number one pick. Again. For like again. three straight years. And don't even get me started on answering the question of, will the Bears win a game this year? <laughs> no. 14 in a row. For, I, I thought it was the last coach who was a... No, turns out that's not the case. Eber, what now? Let me tell you what now. Dude. Eberfutz is the problem. Yeah, Johnny Gonzalez, bring up every shitty quarterback in the world. Trey Lance is getting his statue put up whenever Dakota College he came from. He's that good. Yeah, I don't really get it. Yeah, you know what they'll do? They'll trade the number one pick to San Francisco for, or I'm sorry, to Dallas for Trey Lance. Yeah, let's go get Trey Lance. He can be our starting quarterback. You ought to know you bought it. <laughs> okay, I feel better. Uh, James, the Notre Dame is better than DeBears. Thank you. Notre Dame, our mother. Pray for the Bears. Uh, Edgar says 14. Thank you. Like, yeah. Not one or two or three. 14. 14. God. That's nothing. Call me when we get to 20. Minutes, parade. Ruin my Christmas. Call me at 20 in six weeks. Minutes, parade. 
Like, dude. We're not putting helmets on the, the Lions in front of the Art Institute in Chicago this year. That's not happening. <clears throat> That's not happening. I, Jeff Woodworth, again. Justin Fields, quote-unquote, trust the process. How'd that work out with Ben Simmons? Justin Fields, the Ben Simmons of quarterbacks. Mm. Bob Smith, the Chicago Bears select, Sarah Fuller, kicker, Vanderbilt, probably, <laughs> with the number one overall pick. Yeah, maybe they can replicate the double doink, you know? I just can't do it anymore. I, I you know, oh, my God. <coughs> and I, I feel like this comes up every day on this show. The only good thing in my sports life is Sam Hartman and that sexy-ass beard. Fact. That's it. Well, Connor Bedard. See, why do you say hurtful things? <laughs> Dude, he was on the highlight reel after one game. What do you want? A, it was preseason. Whatever. And you and I both know he's going to get hurt on the opening face-off of the Stay season. hard. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Connor Bedard uh, took the draw, and he got run the F over. He pulled his groin, and then somebody skated over his bulls. He's That's out for the year. Dude. I just said that. Anyway, Sam Hartman's and his sexy beard are the only good things in my life. Yeah. The only good things. That's it. Because I don't have the Cubs. I, You know what? DeMar DeRozan wore some of the most awesomest, awesomest Chicago-branded bull shoes yesterday. That's where the goodness on the bulls season is going to end because Zach Levine is still on our team. Um, I don't have the Blackhawks yet. Please, God. Please, God, let Connor Bedard be a star. Let him be better than Connor McDavid. Please, God, if you are up there. let him. I have nothing. I don't have the Bears. I don't. The, the Cubs today, Jed Hoyer is like, oh, God, Kyle Hendricks. We see him as a building block to the future. <laughs> Well, what do you, uh, uh, Jet? Just curious, what do you see as uh, his skill set? Oh, that sixty-eight mile an hour changeup, followed by that seventy-four mile an hour fastball is vicious. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, it's vicious at going into the stands. Yeah, hit that drunk guy in the bleachers, <laughs> almost killed him. I'm, honest to God, I have nothing in my life that is, I have nothing. Yeah, Edgar, Bears should be in the XFL. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You know. You know. Holden McGroin. Yeah. Yeah, Holden McGroin. Yeah. Holden totally. Middick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I just, yeah. Boston Mapes, do you think they charged for that circumcision? No, nah, they, why would you charge? They cauterized it. The blade was so sharp. Hiscock. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm such a I, and I don't know what you guys are like as sports fans. I'm a bitter ass sports fan. Right <laughs> like I'm beat down. Was the, it was it the Ryder Cup? Um, it, it, great example. Great example. Was it Max over those three holes? <laughs> my, my, I think Max Homa and Justin Thomas are my two favorite golfers. Mm -hmm. Galf, Galf. Like, and I love Max Homa. I'm watching, and, and everybody on Twitter's like, oh, Max Homa, holy cow. Oh, my God, Max Homa, red hot. What happens when, when Uncle Fatass turns it on? Um, bogey, bogey. Um, um, water. W water. Water. M Max Homa puts it into the water. Um, water off the tee. I turn it off. I leave to go to the driving range, and what happens? Max Homa, Max Homa, oh, my God, Max Homa, Max. He's an assassin.
That's where my sports life is right now. <laughs> That's where it is. I, I can I I can only speak greatness of Connor Bedard into the universe because if it goes if he turns in the my guess would be that he finds Lou Malnati's pizza and 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 Superdog and he just turns into like hockey Zion Williamson and Connor, never is Connor anything. Uh, Ladard. Con, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Connor Bedard, the, the retired Connor Bedard uh, for Weight Watchers. Dude. Fat. I knew I had a problem with food and my relationship with food was bad when I snapped a skate blade. Like, I started taking Ozempic and you should too. That'd be my luck. Oh my God. Wave the hats. Yeah, right? Like wave the hats at the Ryder Cup. Wooderice. That's right, Gary, OG Gary Wooderice. Yeah, Wooderice. Uh, Chuck B, getting back to golf talk. Let's effing go. I love golf talk. Yeah, but we we can't because we have to do uh, we have to do some um, some football talk here on the Monty Show. Top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Jake and I had a huge fight over this this morning. <clears throat> Let me just sit up straight mm -hmm. and let you know that all of our NFL talk is presented by our good friends. At Bucked Up Energy, BuckedUp.com, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. You guys, go get it right now, and let me check where we're at. We're trying to get 300 listeners this month to get the um, the free Buckshot samples. The free Buckshot samples from BuckedUp.com. They're free. You get six Buckshots for free in the description below. Just click the link, and let's get it done. Right, there's 302 people watching. If you have not gotten the buckshots yet, or if your mom or your cousin hasn't, hook it up in the description below. You can see it. And while I wait for my uh, app to load, we were at we were at 135 today. We are now at 140. 160 of you who have not gotten the free buckshots, go get them. Let's get this done right now. Buckshot is 200. Excuse me, 200 milligrams of caffeine naturally sourced caffeine, right? It has, I think, the best impact of any energy and clarity product I've ever used. And you know out there, there's a bunch of shots that say, hey, we're going to get you going. And you have this big spike and a huge crash, not with Buckshot. And anybody in the comments who's used Buckshot, please let people know how good it is. Because when you look at what Buckshot does, you drink it, I would say 20 minutes max later. You just feel a lift. So if you're doing a report at work or you have a big presentation, a conference call, or if you have a long drive, you just feel clear, more awake, more energized with no spike and no crash. Bucked Up Energy makes good products with really good ingredients that do exactly what they say they're going to do, and they want to prove it to you for free. Go get them. Whew. Bucked Up, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. The link for the free samples is in the description below. Chuck B., if I... I have hand tremors. You think Buckshot would help me? I think, I don't know that Buckshot will help you with hand tremors. It depends on what causes that. Um, but it's certainly not going to hurt you. One of the things people ask me all the time is, oh, does it give me a surge? Does it give me, like, does it give me palpitations? Buckshot, I have not heard one person say, well, oh, Buckshot gave me palpitations. It doesn't work like that because it's caffeine with brain food. So essentially they've made a formula that gives you this naturally sourced caffeine and they combine it with all kinds of brain supplement. You drink it in a, in a shot form and you just feel better. 
You don't get the upset stomach. You don't get the headaches. None of that. It's just the opposite. Jeff Woodworth, uh, buckshot uh, so good once it hits your lips, dude. Facts. Facts. And I'm a blue Raz guy now. I like watermelon a lot, but, uh, but I am a blue Raz guy. I love the blue Raz. Huge. I'm a huge fan. Um, real, whoa, comment dumb. Uh, real Wade Nation gaming clips. Mariners are angering me. I didn't see the score. I'll have to to get over there. James says, Buckshots rock. They really do. They absolutely do. Uh, that's, yeah, right there. Um, Edgar says, uh, heard Buckshot makes you a better fan. I don't think there's any question about that. I'm there, for real. There is, there yeah. is no doubt about that. Uh, CJ Vance, Monty, I've... I'd have sports sympathy for you, but you got to see the Bulls in the 90s. Still a Jazz fan, Angels fan, and Niners fans haven't won since 95. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know. The, the Bulls run in the 90s. I, the greatest moment of my life was when the Bears won the Super Bowl. I remember sitting in my living room and when that happened, but the shot on Elo by Michael Jordan, I was in my sister Sharon's living room eating pizza and watching him hit that shot. It was one of the greatest sports moments of my life. And I just have so many great memories of Michael Jordan's Bulls in the 90s. Even the Blackhawks Stanley Cup runs. I, I, I'll never forget the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. Yeah, Being frozen emotionally like I couldn't believe it happened. Standing in my living room in Huntington Beach when the Blackhawks won that first Stanley Cup. Just elated. Uh, it's amazing, but it's the Chicago Bears are different. It's just different. Well, the NFL, dude. If your team's winning in the NFL, it is truly the, it's the pinnacle of sports fandom. I, I, I that Cubs mm. World Series is awesome. I grew up on the Blackhawks run, you know, through through those Stanley Cup runs. You know, we lived in the Bay Area for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, runs through the World Series. I was a but, big fan there. But see, the problem for me was I covered the Giants. I've covered a lot of champions. I covered the St. Louis Cardinals, um, the Rams, the, the San Francisco Giants, the 49ers. Like, I'm not emotionally attached to those teams. I am wholeheartedly attached to Notre Dame. I am wholeheartedly attached to those Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. I am wholeheartedly, passionately attached to the Chicago Bears. To the I love, man, I'm a Bulls fan. I love the Chicago Bulls. I'm probably nothing more than a Cubs fan, though. And I just have had no joy, man. I have had no joy, and it's just, I just, yeah, it's it's brutal. Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, top 10 quarterbacks um, in the NFL. Jake and I had a huge argument over this today. Mm -hmm. Who's your number one quarterback in the NFL? Uh, I mean, right now, I think two is having the best season. I think the best quarterback in the NFL is still Patty Mahomes. Though. I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I, I think that everyone freaked out over that Jet game and the two interceptions and, yes. you know, like, and, and I just, I, I'm just not concerned. I, yeah, sure. Did he have a bad game? Sure. They still won the game, you know? And yeah. Did they win it by a close margin? Yes, but they still won the game. Yep. It's a W. Yep. And to me. You know, I you pull up, you know, the hmm. the stats for all these different quarterbacks. Ultimately, Man, I didn't realize Tua's at 1,300 yards. Yeah, dude. 
Stafford's at 1229. Yeah. And the thing about Tua that really stands out to me is the completion number. He's done that on only 97 completions. Which any but what is it? 71% completion Wild, percentage. bro. 71%. I, I think he's not getting enough credit for what he's done physically. Yes, he's throwing the ball. His, the tape study's clearly paying off. The ability to alleviate the concussion problem, I think, is yeoman's work. It is. It is. It, when you're playing in the NFL and you're a concussion guy and you found a way not to be that, that to me is incredible. Yeah, I, I think it is. I, I do think it, it. That's what I'm waiting for on Tua. But. If I had to pick this Justin Herbert story over the weekend, mm -hmm. Justin Herbert's not the best quarterback in the NFL. Did you hear about the Justin Herbert injury? Justin Herbert got his hand caught in a face mask, broke his finger, and ripped his fingernail off, not only from the tip of his finger, but all the way up to his, up to his cuticle and beyond. And he... He said to the guy, I don't care what you have to do. I'm going back in the game. They wanted him to go in back and get x-rayed. He was like, nope, let's go. So they put a glove on the, the hand and put a apparently put pulled the nail all the way off in the blue tent. Whatever they had to do to wrap that fingernail and then put the glove on and put a splint over his finger with the glove on his hand. So they splinted over the glove onto the finger. And what did he do? He came back in the game and threw them to a win. Like that is, that's why I love that guy. I'm a man. Not only is he a beautiful passer of the football. Yeah. Unbelievable. Grit. But let's talk about the top 10 quarterbacks. Because I think I would have to go Patrick Mahomes number one. I don't think it's even close to anybody else that's number two. But it's pretty tough to go number two from there. If you look at Josh Allen completing 75% of his passes, how is Josh Allen not number two? Yeah. I think he's got to be number two. And I know this is going to be crazy. I think two is number three. I think Brock Purdy is number four. And you guys are going to think I'm just speaking out of turn. Right now, today, I think Josh Dobbs in Arizona is, is playing the fifth-best quarterback in the NFL. What he's doing in Arizona, and I know that's crazy because I haven't put Herbert there yet. What Josh Dobbs is doing for the Arizona Cardinals, here and now, today, not all time, not... Yeah, we're talking in, about today. Today, through four weeks in the NFL... I would have no problem having Josh Jobs as my starter instead of Justin Fields. I would love that, in fact. Mm -hmm. Josh Jobs is an operator. And it, it, once you see him play, mm, uh, then I think it, it's really difficult because I think now you're into an, um, a Justin Herbert. Um, certainly Dak Prescott. Certainly Jalen Hurts has to be in that conversation. Yep. Um, I don't know what you guys make of Kirk Cousins. He's having an unbelievable season. Well, I think the name that's missing, <clears throat> rightfully so, is Joe Burrow. What the hell happened to Joe Burrow? He's not. No, it, he can't throw the football. He, you can see he cannot drive the foot. He's a leg thrower of the football. Yeah. He is not somebody that. Um, he is not somebody that. 
how do I say this? He's not somebody that can get away arm throwing the football off a of back. He's not like Justin Herbert, and I just watch a ton of Justin Herbert, can get away with throwing off his back foot seven yards to the flat because he's got a rocket for an arm. Joe Burrow needs his lower half and his upper half, and they need he needs to drive the football. Yeah, I think that calf has taken his ability to drive the football, and he is not a confident quarterback. Yeah, and and, and that to me is what's you know that's made more room for guys. You know, I I think you know Kirk Cousins had a nice weekend. Uh, I, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that say right now today Baker should be on this list. I, my trouble with Baker, and I'm even a Baker guy. My trouble with Baker is. I need to see more. It's yes. for me, you haven't done enough in the league to justify being a top 10 quarterback with this yes. small of a sample size. Whereas, you know, with any of these names we've just mentioned, these guys have all performed. It's pretty legit. I, yep. I, I can with certainty and reliability say that these guys are here, but, but I think that some of the other names that I think are massive disappointments, I, I, I look, Daniel Jones last night was a mess. Huge disappointment. It's not all on him, but, it's a really bad look to get paid and then to come out here and look lost. Joe Burrow just got paid, but what's the difference? He's done some things for that franchise now, right? Yeah. And he can afford to have a bad season. Would it surprise you to know that Zach Wilson has a higher percentage than Joe Burrow? Completion percentage? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. How wild is that? And look, Zach's another guy. where Because I, I think, you know, you look around at like the worst situations in the league – Obviously, Zach Wilson, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, obviously Justin Fields. Those three to me are the three major ones. Mac Jones, okay, we can, I guess, if you want to throw him in there, but I just think that's a different thing. Look at Matthew Stafford. Matthew yeah. Stafford is, what is, he's 1,200 yards, but he's only 62%, three touchdowns and five picks. Mm -hmm. That's not good quarterback play. And everybody is enamored with what he's done and how how tough the Rams have been. Imagine if they were if that was five touchdowns and three interceptions and sixty-seven percent. Like I, I'm telling you, there is some abnormal numbers. You look at Sam Howell being sacked twenty-four times, Daniel Jones, and I'm not trying to defend Daniel Jones here on the Monty Show as we talk about the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Daniel Jones has been sacked twenty-two times. Hundred percent. Like he has no time, and when you get time, then you hold the ball. Yeah. Like, it's, it's wild to me. Uh, Gregory Krug says Brock has a purdy mouth. See what he did there, uh, Brock Purdy? Right, right. Uh, Tarrant County boy says Kyler Murray to the no, – don't, no. Edgar says, ha-ha, and Dobbs. Dude, he's, he is playing really well. Re he was one of the better quarterbacks this past weekend, man. It is – yeah, Tarrant County says he has the best hairline. He does without any. Uh, you know, Jeff Weber, Keith for getting that dude up in Philly, Jalen hurts. And it's too bad that, that Tanner's not here, but I feel like I'm the only one that ever defends Jalen hurts. The guy is a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah. Cause they're, they are, man, it's the, the 49ers and the Eagles, those defenses. And I just think the 49ers have a little bit better defense. Yeah. Right. Uh, Salamini, you just gave Chicago a terrible idea for their number one pick next year, going for Dobbs. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that out loud, right? <laughs> Domer Wap for hey, $20. Domer. Oh, boy. I'm sorry, Jake. I just put in a Baby's R Us order for a booster seat. 
he just cannot get over the fact that you are you are just yeah i'm not fucking 610 excuse your french he's my french don't hate me because you've got a producer that was fired from the today show because matt lauer looked like tattoo looked like tattoo under savannah guthrie what the what, how bro, much have you been drinking today dude, what, sir what are you what are you doing what dude? has matt I, lauer like, got to do with anything yeah i, I dude just, just take a dice and AC, okay? Just relax. LV Seminole, Jalen Hurts is a leader of men. Can't help but root for him, right? 100%. Jalen Hurts is a guy you want to see do well. You want to see do well. Uh, Joseph says Seahawks sacked Jones 11 times. Brutal. That was one of the most pain. And did you see Adams last night? Mm-hmm. What a eight snaps, need in the head, out, concussion. Yeah, and he was pissed with the uh, neurologist, Brutal. dude, on the sideline yeah, there. It's such a long season. It's such a long season. You know, like it's, yeah. Uh, Ron Nolan, that was Babyface Wilson's coming out game. Drop passes and rigged refs didn't let it happen. Worst call ever. The, the non-holding and then holding call on the same mm-hmm. play. Come on. That's, but let's talk about Zach Wilson. What's your confidence level in Zach Wilson right now? I mean, I, I think that I'm confident that he could go out and play like that again. I, I think it, when you consider the factors, hey, he was likely playing for th- his career. He was. One. I agree. Two, it's a primetime game. This wasn't some, you know, morning kickoff on a Sunday game. So everybody was watching, yep. which absolutely matters. Um, you know, I, I, I think when you consider the fact that, you know, he he was just in the right state of mind and i think that's what we really have to consider here zach wilson has for a long time up until honestly until aaron Rodgers showed up zach wilson was a guy that nobody liked because he liked zach wilson too much but was there a correlation between aaron Rodgers being there and zach wilson playing well how could there not be yeah i think absolutely there was i i think he's mentored him and i think you know i i i, I don't know that Right in this moment, Aaron was the reason that the play upticked a little bit. Yeah. I think I think that it was more of a thing where Zach knew he was playing for his life, man, and and he needed to to, and again, I hate saying this, but I think it's true. He he needed to not be the reason they lost the game. Yes, he needed to play well, and he needed to to the talking points on Zach Wilson coming out of that game needed to be, hey, he played well. And if they lost, hey, he put it on his guys. They There were drops. It wasn't on Zach. Zach did what Zach had to do, and I think he did that. And I think, what's my confidence level? I, I think he can play like that again. What are the odds? Probably 60-40. Honestly, it's not much more yeah. than that. I, I look at their schedule. The Broncos at the Broncos, you should win that game. Your defense is good enough to win that game. But for but Zach, then you're, but for Zach, Zach should be able to play well against that defense. He should. But then you're home for the Eagles, at the Giants, home for the Chargers, at the Raiders, at the Bills, Dolphins. Good night. This is not a playoff team. No. And if, for those of you who didn't see it, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show. He's on every Tuesday, and he said he's he's working fully with the intention of playing again this year. And I'm just asking you why. Why would you come back and play this year for the Jets? And I'm not trying to be a red ass or a jerk about it, but if you are if you are the the New York Jets, I mean you're you're one in three right now. Your yeah. chances of going to the playoffs, not the Super Bowl, your chances of going to the playoffs are about zero. 
you're not winning that division. That's all over with. Let's just put it to bed. Yeah. You're playing for a wild card. That's your only hope. And the chances of that, you look at the you look at the numbers right now. Come on, guys. Why, if you are the Jets, are you allowing are you allowing Aaron Rodgers to talk about coming back this season? Like, I don't understand that. You look at how good this conference is right now. The Jets are one in three with Denver, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, and New England. They are a game back of the Chargers who are better than the Jets. The Titans are not better than the Jets. They're on level. The Jet like the Jaguars. What is wrong with Jacksonville? What like what is if you Jacksonville, you would certainly think should be able to score more than they have scored, but they haven't. Right? You're are you better than the Browns? What about the washcloth <laughs> king of America? Because DTR was not good for Cleveland this weekend. They need Deshaun Watson, however mediocre he is. But that's not a playoff team. No. Right? Not so if yet. we if you look at teams that legitimately have a chance at the playoffs, CJ Stroud's been nothing short of a revelation for Houston. They can they could make a run, no doubt about it. Is Pittsburgh a playoff team? Pickett's potentially. Pickett has a bone bruise, no damage to that knee. Yeah. So he will likely play this week. Indianapolis is not a playoff no. team. Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Kansas City, solid gold. playoff gold. teams. Solid gold. There's nobody in that one and three group where I'm like, oh, yeah, the Raiders, Bengals, Broncos, oh, they're coming. No, they're not. No, they're not. I look at the real contenders for the playoffs. I think the only dark horse here is Jacksonville. But I think... I think it is – if you don't go on a run here as the Jets and win, what, like four or five? <clears throat> but how are you going to do that? Okay, at the Broncos is one. <laughs> You're losing to the Eagles. Yeah. You're losing at the Giants. You're, are, are you? Yes. Dude, I'm telling you, the I, Giants are not as bad as they looked. Well, we've been saying that all season. Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to write that off as a loss. You have the second best defense in the division and the worst offense in the division. And and I'm not willing to believe that somehow Zach Wilson's turned a corner. Do it again and dominate win the Bronco game by two I agree. scores. I agree, but I just I think if we're going to say that then I, I, we need to use that same logic on the Giants in the sense that okay. Okay. Hey, show me that you're not that bad. Like <laughs> like I I I it's it's not good. That offensive line is just garbage, man. Yeah. Fat Jesus wants to know if we're forgetting that Kyler Murray will return to the Cardinals. Uh, no, we're not forgetting. We have been talking about Josh Dobbs today. What do you do with Josh Dobbs when Kyler Murray comes back? Don't you slow play Kyler Murray because of how well Josh Dobbs yeah, played? Yeah, you know, Kyler, why don't you come back next year? We'll... Let's make sure that ACL is 101,000%. Well, I, and don't we have, you know, recently entered rehab footage, too, of Lil Kyler? Okay. <laughs> Why do you make me play this? Why do you why do you make me play this? Look at the little guy working out here. Exclusive Kyler Murray rehab video here. Yeah, dude. Look at him. See, Fat Jesus shows up and this is what happens. Look at that. Ass to grass on that knee already, man. Yeah, knee looks good, dude. Yeah, they must be slow playing him. Yeah. Three. You know. Look at the face. Yeah, Get dude. it, Kyler. Get it, dude. Get it, Kyler. Yeah, Let's boy. go, Kyler. Get it. I love it.
I love it, love That's it, right, love Pete. it. Um, you know, and then there's Aaron Rodgers. There he is, made his return to the Jets on uh, wow, Saturday. Wow, look at the Achilles, dude. Boy, that Achilles looks good. <laughs> that Achilles looks good, dude. <laughs> See, Fat Jesus shows up and bad things happen. Uh, Alex Smith says, did Daniel Jones have a bad game? I, I Is that really a question, dude? Seriously, is that a question? I don't know. Well, I think it is a question because I'm not the guy. There were so many people today who were like, oh, Daniel Jones is a waste of a contract. I don't think it's fair to say that. If you're going to – he, you guys, he got sacked 10 times for 59 yards. Yeah, but – Man, like, you, you, he was your leading rusher, right? Like, Matt Breida is your leading receiver. You got dominated on the offensive line. You, I mean, that – how much of that was Daniel Jones? Because I don't believe that it was all on Daniel Jones. It wasn't all – it's never all on one guy, but – the offensive line stuff is tough for me because because there are other quarterbacks in the league that deal with a crappy offensive line. The difference is they can run away. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but the ability to run away and buy yourself an extra second, let's say, is truly the difference between scoring no points and scoring 14. I, I mean, what does Patrick Mahomes do all game? Runs around. If he couldn't I get run it. around... Like, I get it. Daniel Jones... I think you're asking him to do – you take Saquon Barkley out of any quarterback's offense, and I, I don't know how you replace Saquon Barkley. Yeah. But I'm not saying he's the reason that they, they're going to win. I don't think that performance last night was all on Daniel Jones. There's no way. Uh, Jimmy Autzen, what's up, Jimmy? Kyler Murray is working out hard right now. Yeah. I, amazing. Yeah, dude. Gary Wolf, Giants been blown out in three, four games. They have. I'm not again, you guys. They're one in three. They're they haven't won a home game yet, right? And and the Cowboys losing to the Cowboys forty to nothing, uh, thirty to twelve to the Niners, twenty four to three last night to the Hawks. Like I'm not saying they're good, yeah. But Daniel Jones isn't that bad, and I think he is being vilified. And he's a quarterback who got paid. You earn that kind of attention when your teams lose. But let's look at it in totality. You take Saquon Barkley out of that lineup. Come on now. Come on. Like, I, Matt Breed is no Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones is not the greatest quarterback ever, but he certainly is not the worst in the league. Yeah. But that's just me. Joseph, Giants next two games, Dolphins and Bills. One and three just became one and five. It did. Agreed. It did. Gonzalez. Kyler looking taller, right? <laughs> right? Uh, Mike Smith, Josh Dobbs is Kyler Murray's uh, weightlifting spotter, <coughs> apparently. <coughs> Uh, Mike Smith also says, yes, the raccoon video. <laughs> exactly right. Fat Jesus says that's the most amazing uh, clip. Yes, it is. We have sources that are getting us inside information. <laughs> you know, uh, Jim Choi, uh, Giants go as far as Saquon's legs. Amen to that, dude. Amen to that. Uh, the, league's, the league knows Jones starts sucking his thumb soon as he sees pressure. You're not wrong. You know, uh, Tarrant County boy, Saquon has a leg up. <laughs> <laughs> My guy. Uh, uh, Joseph says Daniel Jones got spooned. Seriously. Serious. Daniel Jones or Mac Jones? Mac Jones. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Mac Jones would be a better, better fit. Wow. 
How do you... Wow, is that true? Was it up to seven? MetLife Stadium claimed seven more injuries last night. That surface is terrible. How do you... How do you take Mac Jones? Like, what about that you've seen from Mac Jones? Mac Jones plays for Bill Belichick, who is a defensive wizard, not an offensive guy. But he's got he's got Bill <clears throat> O'Brien there this year. Yeah, One of the and Bill's true. got Bill Belichick gave O'Brien a hundred percent control of the offense. Yeah, I, I guess if that's what they're saying, I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> the hoodie doesn't give a hundred percent of anything uh, to anybody. That's uh, amazing. But, but, I'm not buying it. I'm, I'm just not. I I, I think that. Look, man, Mac Jones, to me, is more composed. At least with Mac Jones, he knows what the defense is trying to do. There's half the time where I feel like these sacks for Daniel Jones come because he has no idea what the defense is trying to do. It's what Dan Orlovsky said. Dude, it's basic protection principles on that sack from the from the corner in the slot. Yeah. You have to be able to move your back to account for that guy, and you didn't do it. And, and to me... Okay. It's it, it's a situation where again I'm not I agree it's not all on Daniel Jones but he's not, at not all. helping himself he's not like at least with Zach Wilson I can say okay this guy is now progressing a little bit right we've gone from don't can't do anything to hey now he's at least delivering the football in a in a in a positive way that didn't lead to a win but we were closer. That's a problem for Daniel Jones, and honestly for Mac Jones too, because yeah. Mac Jones isn't exactly progressing. MH5 is back in the comments section to say Daniel Jones must have a kink for being manhandled by strong men, because he's getting it a lot right now. <laughs> Hope you like it. Hope you like it. Uh, Jim Choi, Mac Jones got some heart. Yeah, he's in a tough spot. He is. Uh, Johnny says Daniel Jones would be more accurate by kicking the football than throwing it. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I love that. Uh, LV Seminole, Daniel Jones or Mac Jones with those two options, it's just time to suck for Caleb. Yeah, but is he going to – Is it? if you're a terrible team and you're tanking for Caleb Williams. The hoodie's never going to tank for, for anybody. But how do you know he'll come and play for you with what him and his dad said this year? That's not at all a concern? Well, if you're a good team, he'll come play for you if you're a reasonable team. But you're team. not going to get him. Yeah. Are the Bears going to get Caleb Williams? Are the who uh Carolina? Uh Tennessee? No. I I mean I I guess he'd play for the New York Giants. If you're a good if you're Okay, not a good team because you're right, they won't get him. But if you're able to trade up to number 1 and you're not in a major market, are you still trading up for Caleb Williams? I'm not. The Bears cannot trade the number one pick. I mean, you have to believe they get the number one pick. Yeah, and if I'm Caleb Williams, I don't know that I want to play there either. Matt, you know? You can't do it. Uh, Jim Choi, Bill O'Brien should have never left Penn State. He probably still uh, the head coach making six to $8 million a year at Happy Valley. You're not wrong. Yeah, but he's a good enough wrong. OC to go out and win a Super Bowl, man. Yep. Gary Wolf, NFL needs to make MetLife replace the field. They have done it multiple. I think they're... Aren't they on like four or five fields in the last 12 months? Like they've replaced yeah, the it repeatedly. The issue is surface, not – it needs to be natural grass, not turf. And they won't. They won't because it's multi-purpose, so they won't. But, again, how do you – if you're the, the Raiders and the Cardinals can roll their turf outside so they can have concerts and water and sun and – there's got to be a solution. Yeah. They, I mean, there has to be. There has to be. Uh, all right. 
a couple more, and then we got to get to Taco Bell. Um, Mike Smith, is it a sad football day when Danny Jones makes Zach Wilson look good? It is very bad. Yeah. <laughs> very bad. Oh, my God, Dakota. Can't be as bad as the turf in the Edward Jones Dome. So when I worked at the great KTRS in St. Louis, um, that was the worst NFL stadium I'd ever been in. Because it's garbage. The worst. And I can, and I won't use their names, but the running back and the wide receiver in St. Louis, many, many times conversations I had with them about how much it hurts, what it does to their bodies. The, the, they would play a home game, practice all week, and then go on the road. And they would rather play on the road because their feet and their knees don't swell like they do when they play a home game at the Edward Jones Dome. That's their, like the turf would, because really all it is is pad, turf, concrete. That's all it is. That is all it is. The Edward yeah. Jones Dome is a convention center. It's not a football stadium. It, it, it's brutal. It is absolutely brutal. Terrible. Salty Drunk says, great show, guys. Appreciate you, Salty. Hope you're well. Uh, remember, everything that happens at MetLife is because of the black cats. You know. Tarrant County Boy says, story time. Indeed. Um, can I just ask a very obvious question? Who the hell eats at Taco Bell? I do not. Right. So Taco Bell wants to have robots that serve you in the drive-thru, Jake. Yeah, so Taco Bell right now has the fastest drive-thru times, right? And their drive-thru time, the average customer spent 278 seconds, which is close to five minutes in their drive-thru from beginning to end. But who does that? <clears throat> Followed by Carl's Jr. at 303 seconds, you know, five and a half minutes. Uh, and KFC at 300, just about the same, three and three seconds. Chick-fil-A had the longest time at 436 seconds, or nearly seven and a half minutes. But here's where <sighs> things get interesting. Chick-fil-A had the most accurate drive through with 92% order accuracy. Um, yeah, it turns out that uh, yeah, Taco Bell's order accuracy was only 82%. Okay, so let's be honest about this. Do you guys have a we'll never eat their fast food list? Mine is definitely Taco Bell. Taco Bell one, but Raising Cane's number two. Number two. Yeah. Never. I mean, pretty much all fast. The only fast food I eat regularly is now sandwiches. And what happened when we ordered sandwiches the other day? And I'm not going to say from who, but what happened when we ordered sandwiches the other day? It was wrong. Got the completely wrong sandwiches. Yeah. I ordered a veggie and I wound up getting like a, a a turkey. It had like turkey, ham, capicola, and it was a custom. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? That's why I don't like eating fast food, and, and because you, it's so expensive. Do you guys understand how much money you have to spend at Taco Bell now? Yeah, it's not cheap. It is not cheap. It's stupid expensive at but, Taco Bell. But there Bell. used to be levels to the game, right? And this is my point with Taco Bell. Taco Bell used to be a ten dollar venture. You go in, you get your taco box, couple burritos, you're out for ten dollars yep. or less typically. Yep. Unless you get drinks and, you know, you know, cinnamon twists and all that good stuff. But but Taco Bell used to be a ten dollar venture. My issue is now it's like a thirty dollar venture just for that same kind of order. Yep. And if I'm gonna spend thirty dollars, it's not gonna be at Taco Bell, man. 
You're the SMU of fast food. Your value is that, is that the it's cheap, right? So what you are referencing is Chipotle. Chipotle is wants to roll out in their mobile order. So go on the Chipotle app, order your food. What does Chipotle want to do? They want an automated system that includes a robot to build salads and bowls through their mobile app. And that that's what they will offer on mobile order because other items like burritos or quesadillas or tacos. I thought Taco Bell already had a, I know they do, where you go and you don't talk to anybody and it's an elevator and you just order, you go up to a window, you drive up to the window and a robot and I can serves check. you. I can check. I know like McDonald's in is doing that. I in know Minneapolis, I think Taco Bell has that. Okay. Why are we doing robots and fast food? I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. All right, before we get to your comments, I remind you, uh, the Monty Show presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Um, you guys, the advocates are working really hard in partnering with uh, the Road Home to help kids in our community. And, and I know we've talked about this before, but yes, I'm going to pull on your heartstrings. The advocates and the Road Home. The Road Home, as you know, is one of the foremost, one of the best homeless ag- advocacy groups in the country. The advocates are the best injury attorneys in the country. They are combining their strengths to provide Halloween costumes for homeless kids. And the thing that I I can best describe this effort as is normalcy. When you are a homeless 10-year-old, what's normal about your life? Nothing is normal. You go to school, you probably get ridiculed. Your friends all are have these great Halloween costumes and they feel normal and they're having fun. And you're this kid that you don't probably have a bucket or a bag to go trick-or-treating in. So let's work together with the advocates in the road home. This is the Venmo for the advocates. All I'm asking you to do, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, a hundred dollars, please consider sending a Venmo to the advocates that says Halloween costumes. And if you want to be a baller, put the Monty Show Halloween costumes. Let's help kids have a normal Halloween that won't be normal for them because they're homeless. So they don't know where they're going to sleep. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. Let's give them an hour of just forgetting about all that and having fun and running up and ringing doorbells and eating candy and laughing with other kids and not being made fun of and not being bullied and not being picked on because they're homeless. Let's give them that hour of freedom. Let's give them that hour of innocence. Yes, I'm begging you, donate to the advocates on Venmo. And again, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars, whatever you might have, donate there and just put in the comment box, the Monty Show Halloween costumes. It makes all the difference in the world. I appreciate you guys doing that. Thank you so much for listening to the show and supporting the advocates for Halloween. All right, let's get your fast food comments in here. Um, Jim Choi says, try on Taylor hit a two run home run. Yeah. Brewers are up three, nothing over Arizona. Uh, Gary Wolf, old field at vet in Philly was absolutely the worst all time. Tom Landry called it fuzzy concrete. Yes. LV Seminole, man, Taco Bell is the absolute best terrible food on the planet. I love me a Mexican pizza all day. Can't do it. Fat Jesus, I don't eat at Taco Bell. I bring it home. See what he did there? (laughs) I love fast food, but I've lost a, a good bit of weight now not eating fast food. And now over the last two, three weeks that I've eaten a little more fast food, guess what? I've, I haven't gained weight. I've plateaued. I'm telling you, you can't do it. Uh, let's see. Jim Choi. Taco Bell's got the vegan beef. Do they really? Do they have impossible tacos now? That would be amazing. 
Uh, Bob Smith, Taco Bell is quick, cheap, and terribly delicious. It's not, not cheap it's anymore. It's not cheap anymore, though. That's the problem. The, the last, I, and I, it was probably two years ago now. The last time I went to Taco Bell, we spent, <coughs> I think, $57 for three people. And it wasn't even that much food. And now they charge you for extra hot sauce packets. Which is ridiculous to me. It's crazy. It's crazy. Callahan, not sure what planet this is on. The Taco Bells here are slow AF. Terrible. James, I eat at Taco Bell when I'm in a hurry. Tarrant County boy, Jack in the Box. Uh, yes. I mean, that's, you know. Goat. Goat. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, I suggest Taco Bell for colonoscopy prep. Oh, my God. You're not even kidding, dude. <gasps> Uh, Jimmy Otson, Chick-fil-A is uh, worth the wait. Mm. I went sure to the new, that. there's a new Shake Shack in Riverton over here by us. It's actually pretty good. I went to the new <laughs> Shake Shack the other day. It was actually pretty good. Okay. Gary Wolf, Taco Hell. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Philly, McDonald's, no question, absolute trash. Dakota Tubbs, Burger King is the worst place in the history of mankind. It's been a while since I ate at a Burger King. Jim Choi, Chick-fil-A got the accurate order because the lines are too damn long to start with. They really are. They really are. Uh, Chard Cake says best value fast food, period. What's the best value? I think he's saying Taco Bell. Really? I don't know if I can agree with that. There it is right there. Taco Bell is the best value fast food by a country mile. Nah. Jim Choi, Taco Bell is 5 and $6 box are the way to go. Okay. Uh, Chuck B. McDee's is a no-go. I'm with you on that. Jeff Woodworth, I only eat the vegan menu at Taco Bell. Really? I need to comprehend this now. They have a vegan menu at Taco Bell. Is that true? Jeremy Callahan, the problem with Taco Bell is the prices have gone up, and now you just get five-inch diameter tortillas that don't have anything in them. True. Thank you very much. Mike Phillips, Chipotle is a never. Too many other better options. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Uh, Chipotle makes folks sick. Never going back. Jim Choi says, "I'm not in that camp, man." Chipotle's garbage. Okay, Gary Wolf, Wendy's mayonnaise burgers. Yuck! Oh, I love Wendy's burgers. I actually had one today. Drove up to uh, good old Evanston, Wyoming, to get lotto tickets. Wyoming didn't have time to eat much. Dakota Tubbs thought you had more money than uh, to eat Burger King, Tarrant County, but so, it's not. Yeah, Burger King ain't cheap. Fast food in general is not cheap. No, it's not. Uh, charred cake. If you don't know how to order at Taco Bell, just say it. It's cheap as hell. I don't know how to go cheap then. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> it how really to. really shouldn't be rocket science to go cheap. Uh, you know. I don't know how to do that. Uh, Boston Mapes. No subway since I found Jersey Mike's. Facts. Now, all day. Facts. All day. Facts. Oh, my God, Roche. A Qdoba advocate. Dude, I'm telling you, Qdoba is amazing. Uh, amazing. Uh, amazing. The taco place that we we had a brief relationship wanted to. Um, oh, my God. The honey, chronic taco. Chronic taco. I'm a chronic taco fan. Chiba Hut. Oh, Chiba Hut in Arizona. My God. Mrs. Monty wants to open a Chiba Hut in, in Utah so badly. Uh, Qdoba puts uh, Cropotol to shame. Crapotle? Crapotle. Qdoba is amazing. 
Amazing. MJ Bissett. What's up, MJ? Jack in the Box, never. Those tacos aren't fit to be dog treats. Whatever, dude. They taste amazing. Uh, Jimmy John's is where I go if I want to sub fast and good, James says. Ah, dude. Jersey Mike's is better. See? No, Maury. Cafe Rio greater than Qdoba. I like Cafe Rio a lot. Yeah, if you like a lot of oil. It's just kind of greasy for me. Yeah. Qdoba, Qdoba's all right. Qdoba's not as greasy as Cafe Rio. So, mm. isn't it funny how, just how different everybody's tastes are? Delaric, gotta love those deep fried jack-in-the-box tacos. Yes, the mini taco box. Oh, my Best. God. Stay hard. That mini box taco. Oh, my so God. Good. Uh, all right, a couple more, then we got to roll. Uh, Uncle Philly. When you know you just want to be trash panda, jack-in-the-box tacos are It's it. true. <laughs> Is there anything better? Come on. Oh, trash panda. I love it. Uh, Bob Smith, KFC greater than Popeye's greater than Church's. I never eat fried chicken. Not like that anyway. Uh, Jim Choi, yup, jack-in-the-box tacos are gourmet French cuisine. My guy. My guy. Uh, yes, any Qdoba, hands down. Are, are, are we not Qdoba evangelists on this show? I've never had Qdoba. Oh, my God. Dude, I, I, you have not been born. They have not dropped. You are not a man. <coughs> it is so good. Oh, Fat Jesus, yes. El Pollo Loco, bowl combo. El Pollo Loco is secretly savage. Dark horse. Secretly savage. Jim Choi, Panda Express all day long. Mm, yeah, if you want water, but there's too much twenty dollars Chinese food out there that's really ah. that's really good orange chicken. There's just too much of it to to do it. Yeah. The Monty Show presented by BuckedUp, BuckedUp.com, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. You guys, if you could there's two hundred and forty two people, if a hundred of you hell, every one of you. We're about a hundred and seventy five free six packs a buck shot away free yeah free right now in the link in the description below please go get it we're trying to get 300 six packs of these sent out let's go they're free samples six free buck shots sent right to your front door in the description below buckedup.com the official energy provider of the monster show until tomorrow say goodbye jake goodbye jake